0: And welcome back to Sons of Flip Radio, a podcast about the art and sport of professional wrestling. I'm your co-host, Thomas Lisi, as always, joined by Alex Drayton. Alex, what is going on today? Uh, nothing much, Tom. Good morning, man. What's up? Well, the organs from the beginning can only mean one thing. Now, uh, if, if anyone's been keeping up with The Undertaker, The Last Ride... D- an uh, eight-minute intro? <laughs> an eight-minute <laughs> intro. If anyone's been keeping up with The Undertaker, Last Ride documentary... He came out in the last episode and said that he is stepping away from the ring and he is retiring. He officially had his last ride. So we were thinking about all week what the theme would be, what we would do. And we've been doing a lot of weekend reviews, throwing some here and there. But the career of The Undertaker spanning over 30 years deserves a show for himself. Am I right? Of course. So this episode... Tales from the Funeral Parlor, a retrospective of the dead man, is well-deserved, just because how much he's done for the sport of professional wrestling. Um, not many people know that he actually had a 34, 35-year career. His first match was actually with Bruiser Brody. Did you know that?
1: Yes. So he
0: came in very green, and Bruiser Brody was known as like the top guy at the time in independent you know, circuits around the, around the country, and you know, Undertaker gave a great story in the last ride about how he kind of fucked up with Bruiser Brody and he got his ass beat because of it. Yeah, and um, you he, live and you learn, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah, you live and you learn. But he goes to WCW and he's Mean Mark. It was really weird watching the Undertaker wear like Speedo tights. Yeah, yeah. Coming out with Paul Heyman or Paulie Dangerously, Paulie Dangerously with the uh, Zach <laughs> Morris phone. Yep. And the slick back hair. And the slick back hair, and. It it was just so odd to watch him in that character because you're so used to him being the dead man. Yeah. And he leaves WCW, gets a call from Vince McMahon. And a head full of red hair, too, And a you know, bright... Like, I'm talking bright, like yeah.
1: bright red hair. He used to call him like Booger Red or something. Yeah. I think really? That's what uh, JR used to call him.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. So... Vince calls him one day and says, am I speaking to The Undertaker? That's a horrible Vince McMahon impersonation, by the way. <laughs> God. And Undertake, and Mark Mark Calloway, that's his real name, is like, The Undertaker? And Vince McMahon's, yeah. He's like, well, I guess I am The Undertaker.
1: Yeah. And he said he was hesitant about it because he had heard that there could be some gimmick that he could be calling him about. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I really don't want to do this. Yeah. And then, you know, he was like, all right, screw it. Well... He thought... The
0: Undertaker thought that he was going to be part of the hatching out of the egg. Oh, God. You know, the Gooker made his debut oh, at the 1990 God. Survivor Series. Yeah, ironically, yes, yes. the same event The Undertaker did. And The Undertaker thought that he was going to be coming out of the egg. Like some chick like man. Like the Eggman. Eggman. Because there were so many bad gimmicks back in the day. I mean, during the 1990s, we had... The Mountie. <laughs> The Mountie. He, I have his wrestling figure. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean just, just off the top of my head, you had, you know, Coco Beware that had the parrot, you had Demolition of like two dominatrix guys, and you had uh what, Red Rooster, you had
1: Oh yeah, Red Rooster,
0: yeah. Yeah, you had Sergeant Slaughter who was a turncoat on his country. So like there was so many different gimmicks and Yeah. I
1: mean at that yeah, in the 90s oh, yeah. at that time because of yeah. The war, yeah. Yeah, because
0: early nineties, yeah. you know, wrestling was all about a lot of you know what the kids like the kids love hogan the kids love warrior and there was just so many different gimmicks so 1990 survivor series on the million dollar team ted dibiase it's him it's uh greg the hammer and honky tonk aka rhythm and blues and they have a special guest or a surprise entry into the match and out comes the undertaker and you hear these deep organs the same music you heard at the beginning of the episode and 69 and, re- and he
1: was brought out by um, brother love brother love
0: yes not many people know that the brother love was his first manager and uh 69610 and i'll never forget the way the gorilla monsoon and roddy piper sold it was yeah his was, gimmick in the roddy first piper 5 seconds yep. and Look at the size of that hammock. <laughs> Look at the size of that hammock. And the first thing that the WWF did when he walked out to the ring is they took camera angles of what the kids thought of him. Yeah. Because 6'9", 6'10", dressed all in black, black hat on. Slowly moving. Slowly moving um, with... Makeup under his eyes, look like he never sleeps. It's a scary character. A little little bit of purple. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of scared of him when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, again, I was...
1: Yeah, early incarnations of Undertaker scared me. I was four years old
0: when uh, he debuted. um, I mean, I didn't watch wrestling until I was like maybe five or six, I remember. But um, I did watch that back when I was young. And I, I was four... I'm 30. I'll be 34 next week. And I was four years old when The Undertaker made his WWF Mm -hmm. debut. That just tells you the longevity and the passion and the dedication that he had to the sport. Yeah. Second to none. When you think about people that changed the business of wrestling, the first people I think of, Dusty Rhodes. I think of Ric Flair. I think of Bruno San Martino. Right? And I think of The Undertaker. Mm. To have that career for so long and we're going to talk about the matches that he's done a lot
1: of those guys that you mentioned those four guys that you mentioned four or five guys you mentioned is all about also loyalty too yeah because those guys were part of brands for pretty much the whole ride yeah until they felt like it was needed to jump ship absolutely the undertaker never left thought about it Mm -hmm. Um, he did he recently said he yeah and um but he stayed on yeah, and that's and why he's the golden goose. You he know?
0: is. He he is like the godfather. Like <laughs> when when a lot of up and comers have their first interviews and they talk about how they first started wrestling, like Randy Orton, Seth Rollins. They would talk about the Undertaker, and they would talk about how he was like the godfather of the locker room. Yeah. How he ran the locker room. The Undertaker ran the locker room for legitimately from
1: he was like the
0: ninety ninety four ninety five to. When he uh, stopped doing full-time, maybe 2016. Yeah. That's 21
1: years. And he came into that because there was a lot of people jumping ship at the time, so there weren't a lot of uh, people left. You know, Brett was there. uh, Sean was there. Um, Triple H was up and coming. Triple H was just coming up because, Stone Cold, The Rock. debut at a in your house. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And those guys were just getting their bearings. So, by process of elimination, your oldest guy. You know, who's going to assume that locker room leader was The Undertaker. Absolutely. And other people probably were there longer, but probably just weren't deemed, you know, like, I'm not going to listen to that fucking dude. No. You know?
0: <laughs> he had he had the presence. He had the aura. And still to this day, like, when SmackDown kind of did the whole episode dedicated to him.
1: Which I did not watch, really. I just... It was good. It, it was good. Inter- I mean, I was doing yeah. other things, and I, I had... Uh, family stuff. To go it,
0: to, it was but. it was like a weird, awkward thank you taker clap in the beginning. I seen that. That and I did see pictures of. They played the they played his last match, the Boneyard match, and during the commercial breaks or leading back into the commercial, wrestlers like Triple H, Ric Flair, Edge, oh, they all these guys, stuff, yeah, right. Roman Reigns. I don't know why he was there talking about him. He had <laughs> one fucking match against the guy, but everybody said the same thing that the presence of him backstage. And what he did for the company made him that leader back yeah. there. And... He put the company on his back. Yeah, just like how Triple H says a Keith Lee is mm-hmm. going to be a future locker room leader of NXT. Vince McMahon knew what he had in The Undertaker. Yeah. He knew that the time was up at the time in 1993-94. He knew Hogan was gone. He knew Macho was going to go. He knew Roddy Piper was going to go. All these guys are getting the first wave of WCW, you know drifting drifting away from WWF think about it yeah. this time you lost hogan you lost macho you lost piper granted that was later in their prime right. but you lost scott hall you lost kevin nash yeah. those two guys razor and diesel they were your main intercontinental and in wwf title holders in the mid 90s during, yep. the, during the new generation era yeah a time where you're leading from the golden era to a whole new era of wrestling right Sid, there's another one. There was so many champions. They all followed suit right yeah.
1: behind each other. And the yeah. last one to jump ship, because that was like ninety seven, was Brett. Yeah. Now uh, of significance. Yeah. A significant person. Yeah, I mean Brett had to go.
0: You know it,
1: He had to go and then uh, you know, unfortunately he had that injury. Yeah. Got that I mean Gol- Goldberg screwed Yeah, yeah.
0: Goldberg screwed, screwed. him up. Yeah. Yep. Brett Hart even says to this day the dumbest thing here at Div is go to WCW.
1: Now he admits it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That yeah. was 23 years
1: yeah something like that 23
0: right. years later that's crazy mm-hmm. right but again the one person that never left was the undertaker and the undertaker he thought about it but him Can't, and how him can and, you
1: turn down guaranteed money at yeah that time you know i mean think about it if the
0: undertaker went to
1: wcw we'd be right? having different conversations about a lot of things history can just change any you're not going to have undertaker mankind you're not going to yeah. have the hell in a cell like yeah, we're gonna, None of this. I'm like like I'm
0: this this thing hits me in a different way because the Undertaker to me is like your macho man. Mm-hmm. Right? The Undertaker to me
1: Do we got to get more posters of yeah, on this Yeah. I, I have
0: a nice little portrait of the Undertaker. But um like to me the Undertaker I grew up with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it was so sad to hear him go and like you you kindly you kind of slowly saw him You know the end of it happening And you didn't want him to leave
1: No but father time Time catches up
0: And if anyone hasn't watched The last ride you really see how Wrestling took a toll on his body And not just him but his wife His daughter He doesn't talk about his his first wife Sarah Sarah, which was on his neck Yeah (laughs) which was on his neck which he got uh, Erased which I don't blame And he doesn't talk about his children with her But um, A lot of it is Michelle McCool is talking about how, you know, she doesn't want him to go back. She didn't want him to go back against Roman. She didn't want him to go back at Extreme Rules. But, you know, when Vince calls, Vince calls. You answer right. So that right, that right there, just means how loyal of a guy he was.
1: That's also, so I have feelings about that too. Good. I love the loyalty, but sometimes. You know, you're chasing the. They said it in the documentary, chasing the dragon. I would have used a different term because I was laughing every time they said that. I think Triple H had said it. Um, even Undertaker had said it himself. Chasing the dragon is normally a term reserved for people who are doing heroin because that's. What I you never get, knew that. Yes, so I, the, for lack of a better phrase, they use that. Um, <clears throat> but you 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 keep chasing something and chasing something, and you're never gonna get to it because you see it, you can't reach it um and Vince is wrong for using his loyalty and knowing he he Vince is great at using people. It's like blackmail. Kind of. Reverse blackmail, making you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. Holding
0: it above your head.
1: Yeah. Holding it above your head without really actually having to do anything at a certain point. Yeah. I figure after a certain point in both of their careers and how loyal they are to each other. Vince can shoot him a look or something. And then he's like, all right, I'll be on the plane. Oh, in the documentary, Yeah, right? he had to get his gear. He went all the way home. To Austin. To Austin. Grabbed his shit and came back for <laughs> Monday Night Raw in Brooklyn. in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. So he left Mania midway through, give or take, something like that. And, of
0: course, the one Mania where we're there together, he doesn't show up. But I did see his last Mania You did Mania see his last match. Mania live match.
1: Although that was short. And he said that he could have went a little bit yeah. longer with
0: Cena. Yeah. I was so mad that he wasn't there at Mania. And there was rumblings of him there because I, I, I saw like pictures. Like he was, but he wasn't. You know? I like, saw pictures of him there. And part of me said out. said he's going to – Like, I saw The Undertaker live. I, I went to SmackDown with my cousin and my father in 2000 at Continental Airlines Arena. I was mm-hmm. 14. And I remember I saw The Undertaker. And like then, The Undertaker was, you know, he was he was always there. 14. So he was probably American Badass at, yeah. at that time. So like, I remember, God, like, that's the best. I remember one. it was like him and Kane against Kurt Angle and somebody else. But that was the first time I ever saw The Undertaker live. That was my first wrestling show when I was wow. 14.
1: And he had been around for a hot minute at that yeah. point, you know? Now, like, Almost 10 years at that yeah, point. Yeah. Now, let's just look him. at his career
0: Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, Batista, Edge at the time. All these guys. Who debuted Kurt Angle champions? Come and go. Like like they go like those guys are one of the top some of the top champions of all time. Right. They had their peak and they retired. The Undertaker never did. Yeah. He was just He's and, just
1: like a glutton for punishment yeah. Though. So he's so so again, they touched on it in the documentary in the best perspective you got was from his wife every time yeah
0: she was the one that really told the story the right way
1: yeah she did the eye roll the the that look and she was like all right here we go again here we go again but you know what that's a great wife she supported him she made her peace she gave him what he needed and she was honest she never lied you know she she got in his ass when she needed to Mm -hmm. and she just understood she was like, all right, well, you know, I can't tell, you no. I know you're going to go do it anyway. Yeah. And she was just there for support every step along the way. It's a good woman.
0: Yeah. She, I mean, I didn't know much of, I found out that she married the Undertaker maybe a couple years after she retired. Mm. And, um, she was just, I mean, she was constantly there for him, but like she knew like she's st- like, she stuck by his side, but, like she knew that he had to go out. Yeah. Like, with what he thought was his final match. Right. And on paper, the Boneyard match kind of defined exactly the requirements for his last match. He's facing the top... I mean, AJ Styles is, I think, is the top it's, guy it's, in the oh, company. No, no, no. It's no, the no, top guy no, he, in the company.
2: No other questions. He, he's
0: used all of his gimmicks into
1: one match. Called it the Holy Trinity.
0: Called the yeah, Holy un- Trinity, unholy Trinity. Yeah. Excuse me. He's riding in. A, he's riding in on the motorcycle, right? Dressed all black like the Undertaker.
1: And what I liked in the um the in Druids, the documentary, yeah. he yeah, the Druid. So you got every incarnation. He talked about people wanting to bring the badass back, and he wanted to do it too. Yeah. And he was all for it. And that's when I think we were gonna get it. I think we were gonna get it last year if if something popped off. Like you know what I mean. Like yeah. That, I don't. I, f- I forget why he had no match. I, I don't know. He just wasn't had...
0: put on the card. I don't know if that was Vince's call. Yeah. He just. See, I that, mean, he that's, was that's He was even surprised.
1: That's interesting. To yeah, me. that's very interesting because you used him for this silly thing with Cena the year before, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they had conversations. I'm ready. He was training. Just he was in...
0: training for the match, but there was no program for him. There was no program. He could have came out during Elias's thing instead of John Cena
1: of course I would have took I guarantee that that was maybe there was some audible there. i don 't know if it was always supposed to be Cena to do that if they had something, they had it ready for him.
0: For me, I could have gone without the thugonomics John Cena again that's one of his greatest characters, but yes, that is true to <sighs> imagine the pop if undertaker rode the Harley down that ramp as the dead man I would have pushed you and any small <laughs> child out of my way. That oh my and god. And you're a large man. Fantasy booking we always say. <laughs> fantasy fantasy booking 101. Just but
1: to just to even do what it's not he even booking. did Monday night. Yeah,
0: it's not even booking. It's just a it's just a random WrestleMania. I mean, it's not random, but it's a WrestleMania appearance and he comes out as as the American badass where That
1: ramp was fucking huge. Yeah,
0: it was huge. And like like here's here's the thing with with wrestling fans. I'm 34. You're what, 30? 32. You're 32, I'm 34. Like, a lot of people, like, maybe 10 years younger than me or whatever, oh, the American badass is the, is the, is the greatest version That's of all they Undertaker. Know. That's all I know. You don't know the original Undertaker. You don't know when he debuted in 90. And when he debuted later, I mean, a couple months later, he gets introduced with Paul Bearer. Right. Now, Paul Bearer, in my opinion... Is definitely top five manager of all time. Yeah. We talked about him on our episode looking from the outside, where he was the perfect mouthpiece. The guy worked in a morgue or Mm -hmm. or a funeral parlor, whatever it was. But from from the way that he looked to the way he had carried the urn, he carried the Undertaker vocally, similar to Paul Heyman does with Brock Lesnar. Correct. And he, he fed it off in a way. That really made The Undertaker look stronger. The Undertaker didn't need to say anything except rest in peace or I'm building your casket, Yokozuna. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) He didn't need to say anything. That was a
1: big-ass casket. Yeah, it was
0: a (laughs) big-ass casket. He didn't need to say anything. And what Paul Bearer really did for his career took it to the next level. He put him in the world title picture. Undertaker was the one that took the belt off Hogan. Mm -hmm. 1991 Survivor Series. (laughs) One year after you debut... Right? A year after you debut. And then he when, gave it
1: back that Tuesday in Texas. Yeah. yeah. It still counts, though. Yeah, that's it true. It still
0: counts. He did have the title belt for four days. I think it's one of the shortest title reigns. Actually, no. Kane had it for one day. But it's it's he had, the, he had it for 96 hours. But it, it still counts in history. You are the guy that is responsible for taking the belt off of Hogan. Granted, it could have been a it could have been a, a crutch because Rick that's when Rick Flair was in WWF right and they dropped the ball never having Hogan and Flair go against
1: each other right they dropped the ball with that they, but, they missed uh, they missed the whole yeah. WrestleMania main event that's it you yeah know, that's why you brought him in it's yeah really the only reason the WrestleMania
0: eight main event should have been Hogan Flair it shouldn't have been Macho, Macho man. man it man should have man been man. Sid Vicious in there should have been Hogan and Flair and I still think to this day Vince McMahon regrets that. I mean, granted, it was through twenty-seven
1: years ago. Somebody, I'm telling you, somebody late late into that. They were like, you know what? Maybe let's not pull the trigger on that.
0: Yeah, and it's. I mean, that WrestleMania is kind of forgotten about. I mean, we'll talk about the Undertaker Street, but he beat Jake the Snake Roberts in that in that WrestleMania. And to me, the main event or the best match on that card was Roddy Piper against Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Title. I mean, that's just, I mean, just for example, for that WrestleMania, but to be the guy to come in and to have the presence and to take the belt off of Hogan. Hogan had the belt forever. For since, (laughs) uh, no, he had the belt forever, but he had the belt, the WrestleMania 6. So he had the belt for almost two years.
1: Mm. Right? So at that time. Two years seems like 10 years today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because everything. People get it. People drop it so yeah. quick. Well, it's like four, six months attention yeah. spans. I brought yeah. this up before.
0: Granted, there wasn't any pay per views every month like there is now. Yeah. To defend yeah. that title, that's, and you really that, did. That's true. Yes. You did see like some title defenses on like Wrestling Challenge, but it was like Hulk Hogan against Hercules. Yeah, like Hercules is going to win the belt on USA Network. At nine o'clock when you're five when you're seven years old staring at the TV at Hulk Hogan. Eating your tricks. Eating right. your, <laughs> Eating your tricks and playing with your uh playing with your wrestlers. Your wrestling
1: buddies over there. Your pillow uh, buddies. Yeah.
0: You know that they they had an Undertaker one that I never got.
1: I had one. Undertaker? hmm. I had that him, I had Hogan, and Yeah, that was it. I had those two. Yeah. I had like two Hogan's though.
0: I looked up on eBay how much the Legion of Doom were two fifty. Damn. That's a lot. For pillow. Two fifty for a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> for a pillow made by Tonka. Two fifty. Uh, oh well, The Undertaker. It, it like uh, all week I was thinking about what to say with this guy about him.
1: And so what are you so I'll 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 throw this at you. So what are your thoughts on the last ride, of the documentary, and, and him talking about first of all, him actually breaking kayfabe and just like talking for what it is it. awesome. I fucking loved it. It was great that he did it when he did mm-hmm. Because the mystique is, It's run it's course a little yeah. bit And you know it's tail end of the career Riding off into the sunset sort of deal So then you finally got to see the inside And dude it was amazing It was, I loved it I wish it was 10 episodes
0: I think Now the Andre the Giant documentary was very good The one on HBO Yes yeah. that was very good the They've last made, ride. Made,
1: it took him a long time to make that, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: The last ride documentary, in my opinion, is probably the greatest wrestling documentary with Andre the Giant. Wow, in my opinion, better than the Thirty for Thirty Ric Flair, which is about him banging women and talking about his life.
2: Well, that was good though.
0: That was good, but just it was it, the that
2: the.
1: Man. So I mean, it was basically five hours. Yeah,
0: you know, five it, was five five hour, hour. it was a five-hour. It was a five-hour-long documentary about, in my opinion, the best. The best part, like, the best time of his life to do it. Definitely the best time of his life. Like, when you know the tail end of his career is yeah. ending and the injuries upon injuries. Now, you
1: can go back and sit with him at another time and talk about his beginnings. Yeah. Which they touched on the episode, and they in the first episode, and they would come back to every once in a while. So, like, I would like to hear more about stuff that happened with Yokozuna and all that stuff yeah. in, the, in the past, how he came about. More, a little bit more, but... To get his last couple of years, for them to know that they were going to be doing something like this uh, at WrestleMania—that's thirty-three. That's in Orlando, right? Yeah. That's when it started. Thirty-three. The like the documentary stuff. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It was great.
0: Yeah. And like when you look old, at old, when you look back at the older Undertaker, like 92, 93, you saw something that was really cool among the fans. You had fans dressing up as him. Yeah. Like and you, we've
1: seen and we seen that guy at WrestleMania too. Yeah. The guy had the hat. Like
0: early just Undertaker, yeah, under you, you had guys literally wearing trench coats, grey gloves. Yeah, that's with, a little with, problematic. With a hat. I up. mean, yeah. yeah, I know you can't do that now, <laughs> no. but like, like that's the presence that he had. So many people wanted to be that character. But the thing about his character was he again, he didn't need to say anything. No. He just stuck his hand out, took a knee, and looked at the urn. That's what made Paul Bearer so good. Yeah. That's that's why That's why Paul Bearer, like even when they had the funeral parlor, I
1: love how he would call him my undertaker. My undertaker, yeah. yeah.
0: Like the like the funeral parlor uh vignettes, like the interview session, like how they have like the Creepy. Miz. Creepy. Yeah. Like like what people don't know back in the day though, like the WWF used to have a lot of sets for their backstage, well, for their non-wrestling interviews, like now Everything like Ms. TV and it's, all in, uh, the ring it's all in the ring. It's boring shit like colored carpets. Yeah. And like you and had holdings, Piper, You had Piper's chairs. Pit. You had the barbershop, which was a legitimate barbershop. And you had the funeral parlor, which was a legitimate funeral parlor with the smoke and the casket and the plants. And you had uh, Paul Bearer and the Paul Bearer would just bring out guests. And he would just basically anyone that wanted to challenge the Undertaker, anyone that had a feud with him, that's where they met. Right. Like with Hogan. When Hogan came out in the funeral parlor, the face the facial reaction, Hulk Hogan was great. It was perfect storytelling because you you didn't see Hulk Hogan scared like that. You mm-hmm. never saw Hogan scared nope. like that. Never. Never. And that that's just that's just what made it special. That that's that's what WWF did. That's different than the WWE. I think the WWF put more attention to detail into that kind of stuff compared to now where it's more of the like two couches in the ring with a fucking Hollywood chair. Like, right, they have on.
1: they have the most money that they've ever had, and you're doing that. Yeah, you know, and you're using now you're using the performance center. Mm-hmm. You should be using all this stuff. There's a warehouse that they can turn into a museum up in Connecticut mm-hmm. with old rings, old set pieces, and everything. I've heard stories. I heard it's amazing. I heard it's like the holy. Grail they give tours of, of that. Shit. They do. Yeah. Well then, why are we talking? We they can <laughs> leave right now.
0: No, I heard that they give tours of the warehouse up oh in Stanford. God. I would I gotta, go. I gotta go. I would go. I gotta go. I would like cry walking in. Oh, I'd be like shaking. With but that's the, what I'm saying. It's with like my bad you knee. You have all
1: the <laughs> God. You can never make it past the uh, the first section. You dumbass. Like with all this money you have, you're gonna just put up rolling black carpet over the ring and yeah. the directors chairs in there. Like, go back to your roots, especially mm-hmm. in today's product with. The virus shit going on. You have all this time, all this time, in you're recording stuff, and then airing it, so it's not really live. Yeah. Although this week could be a little wonky with everybody. Um, yeah, that's with that's, the COVID that's, stuff. that's that's weird. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. And, that, and that's getting bad at, uh, in the WWE. Thirty too. people. And Caleb Braxton got it a second time. Caleb
0: now. Braxton, Adam Pierce, um, <laughs> Renee. Renee. They, they
1: were mad at Renee for revealing it online. Yeah. Like, what is she supposed? Who else to had
0: be? it? Um. Jamie Noble. Yep. And apparently a top star on Raw has it. They're saying.
1: A top star? Mm-hmm. Shit. Well, let's see on Monday. Let's see it oh, on today's Sunday. So yeah, let's we'll, see tomorrow we'll see what happens. who's not on the show. Yeah,
0: we'll see what happens. But The Undertaker had a couple of good feuds back in the day.
1: I mean, granted, the feud
0: with Hogan was good. He won the belt. Then he dropped it four days <laughs> later. Hogan cheated. All right. Typical fucking Hogan. And he aligns, he aligns himself with Jake the Snake during this time. And like his first real big feud was with Jake the Snake because when the Snake we talk about in the Macho Man episode went when um
1: he went rogue the Snake went rogue yeah the Snake went rogue <laughs> planted in the
0: fucking box and Miss Elizabeth great cell by the way fainted and um uh, uh Randy's coming back from the ring and under and Jake the Snake's there with a chair he's like come on you son of a bitch come through the curtain and Undertaker is the one that grabbed the chair from him and. That was just, that was his kind of his first big his first like real feud was with Jake the Snake and it culminated at his second WrestleMania match WrestleMania eight where he tombstone Jake the remember he tombstone Jake the Snake well first of all the Undertaker kicked out of two DDTs which was like
1: a big thing that yeah which is
0: like the big thing that's like kicking out of like six spears from Roman Reigns now but <laughs> <laughs> but like the cool thing that Undertaker did was he tombstone Jake the Snake on the outside on the concrete quote-unquote right and you can tell the camera angle was really bad because you saw jake the snake's head basically sitting in the undertaker's crotch and not even coming close and then all of a sudden jake the snake like convulses like he's having a seizure on the floor it was a great sell but that's what i remember most of his match and i remember it, it was the crotch again. yeah <laughs> and i remember when the undertaker looked up and paul is sticking in the urn through the ropes and like it was the source it, of his power it was the source of the power that urn even though we found out there was a light. And remember the light that they put in the urn? It was like a flashlight for the spirits. That urn, the best prop, definitely. in. well, yeah,
1: I would, I would it's call like it to like a tennis racket. You know, oh, the, the tennis racket. One. And
0: yeah. you had the mouth of the south, the megaphone. And yeah. the Nasty Boys helmets and all that stuff. And But the urn, the urn played a story. The urn had its, like, its own like, urn, program. It was its own character. The urn was its own Last character. Last time
1: we seen it was against CM Punk. Yeah. Because that's how that whole feud that, started. That's like
0: the that's like the fifteenth urn though, because I remember <laughs> <laughs> Kama the Supreme Fighting Machine, aka the Goodfather, aka the Godfather, um, he melted it and made a chain out of it in nineteen ninety five. But um at, I mean, after the Jake the Snake program was done, he this is like Peak Undertaker. Like this is where like you see him possibly becoming champion. You you want to see him against Bret Hart, and who does he get fed? Who does he get fed? The same guy that he said took li- took years off his career. Giant Gonzalez. Oh, my God. You talk about dropping the ball again. Giant Gonzalez, 7'3". It
1: took years off.
0: He, he, that's what he said. took years off his career. He said he was so stiff and so hard to work with. You had Brett Gomez, Yokozuna you had you had guys like S- still wrestling you had Razor Ramon coming up you still had Mr. Perfect you had Lex Luger coming in you had Tatanka you had Shawn Michaels all these guys that were pretty well known yeah. and and he gets fed Giant Giant Gonzalez, Gonzalez because And granted, now he's
1: been around for a couple of years at this point. Yeah. I mean you know?
0: he he was El Gigante in yes. WCW. Yeah. And granted you have a guy that's 7'3" against the Undertaker who's 6'9" So I mean, on paper, the fact to have someone to have the Undertaker looking up to someone, that's good for the camera and that's good again for telling a story. But when you have a guy that can't wrestle and a guy that can't talk, yeah, and you it's have like the great Kalie. Yeah, and way. you have Harvey Whippleman as your manager. It's just not going to work. Oh, God. It's just not going to work. And you set up for WrestleMania Nine against him, right? Well, first of all, L or Giant Gonzalez made his debut at that nineteen ninety three Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. And that
1: weird bodysuit. Thing. Like, yeah, with, like... It was, it was like, a, like the anime. There's an anime called Attack on Titan where it's just big fucking people. Yeah. And they're just huge. Mm-hmm. And they're outside and they like to eat people who live inside this, like, city fortified wall. And that's what he... To, to me, that's what it reminds me of, like, an Attack on Titan character.
0: It was a really bad outfit. and like Yeah, there was, it was... There were some bad outfits back in the day, but, that like, was, that was a really bad outfit. And I remember... Um, when they had the WrestleMania nine match, and this was when like, like uh, entrances were starting to pick up, like putting effort into it. Like when Undertaker wrestled at the nineteen ninety two SummerSlam, he was standing on the back of a hearse against Kamala in the casket match. And we're gonna talk about how many different matches the Undertaker created that they still use to this
1: day, kind of. But I still think Undertaker should have went out in a casket match. Yeah, that to me, that's it. That's it. It's a casket match. That's how. And somebody who you're putting over, younger. It's or hard to or put whatever. AJ
0: Styles over though when he's very over now.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Or there's somebody that the Undertaker thinks or can deem worthy enough that can do that. I swear, if the Undertaker
0: faces King Corbin, <laughs> I I will I will drop kick Vince <laughs> McMahon in his nuts. I will drop kick him in the nuts. That's some that good I, shit. <laughs> no, it's not good shit. <laughs> no, it's not. But the WrestleMania nine entrance sticks out so much in my mind because, and I was—I remember, yeah, I was, I I, 9 yeah, I was watching it. I remember at my cousin's house, and he comes out because, like the whole the whole atmosphere of WrestleMania nine is is Las Vegas. It's outside. It's like Greek and Roman shit. He comes out. Who came
1: out in a toga? Was it... uh, They all did. They all did.
0: JR, Gorilla, Bobby Heenan. Even Macho had like this white... Macho Man came out, remember, getting fed grapes? Mm -hmm. That was hilarious. But Undertaker comes out on like this carriage and there's a vulture sitting above his shoulder and there's green smoke and there's just... You know, it, it like was he just so, arrived from death. Balance. It was so. It, uh, the it v- was the visual like yeah. it was ominous just to watch. And the fact that he had a seven minute match against Giant Gonzalez and the way that Giant Gonzalez kind of got the upper hand was he put fucking like cyanide in a cloth and put it on his face and he fainted then the undertaker rose up from the dead with the, with the with the urn mm. you got to be kidding me mm-hmm. it ends in a disqualification you had the undertaker at his almost at his good at going up on the peak right cuz what does that do i mean that was all politics because wrestlemania 9 main event was yoko beat brett but hogan beat yoko which is so stupid yeah but that was because hogan vince and hogan mm-hmm. you know what i mean hogan carried right but I mean, I felt bad for every wrestler at that time because you had someone who just comes back in a meaningless Yoko tag ends team up match,
1: beating Hogan, and that's when Hogan goes off to yeah. WCW. Yeah, you yeah. had Hogan come in right,
0: have a meaningless tag match, him and Brutus the Barber against Money Incorporated, and that ends in a disqualification, and then he comes back and wins the title belt. How's that possible? You know, like what, no, Vince huh? pulled the trigger on that one. That's some good shit, right, Vince? Mm. But. But that, that WrestleMania 9 match and, like, the way that he had that, the, the his entrance, to me, is probably one of the greatest WrestleMania entrances just because of that reason. And it really told the background of his character. But just what a shitty match. Right? He didn't wrestle at WrestleMania. Le- at, he didn't wrestle at WrestleMania 10 either. I think he may have been hurt or something at that time. But, like, let's just talk. Do like, you want to talk about the streak now? Because I'll talk about the streak now. Sure. The streak... Didn't get any attention until he beat Ric Flair, I think he said. Somebody had brought it up to him. Yeah. He's like, you know you're you're undefeated at WrestleMania? I never really thought of that. I don't know if
1: it was like Edge or somebody
2: or whomever at that time. So the
0: streak, just like the urn, just like Paul Bearer. Became another incarnation. Became its own story. So all this stuff is revolving around The Undertaker. Think about that for a second. Think about other wrestlers at that time.
1: He's doing his own job. Yeah. He's doing his work, and everything else around him is... Helping tell a better story for him, yeah. So it's giving him some groundwork to to piggyback off of mm-hmm. to, you know, make every match count.
0: The Undertaker had the urn. He had helped Paul Bearer. He had the streak. Stone Cold had a cool of beer, right? <sighs> the Rock, The Rock had his had his eyebrow, right? The Triple H had a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but like. The Undertaker, like, was just... He branched off into so many different things. And we're not even talking about the... We're not even talking about the uh, American badass. Mm. We're not even talking about that part of the Undertaker. We're talking about how how he can just go into different characters. And well, he, we
1: Well, we had Ministry. Yeah. Yeah, like, Undertaker... That was a creepy one. He knew. He and Viscero there. He had, yeah. there and, he had uh, Midian. Midian. He had Viss.
0: Mm-hmm. He had, he had uh, the Acolytes. The Acolytes. Right? They, that, they was had, they, that was a Bradshaw. was a badass. Yeah. Like...
1: But They had the black tights on and the little band yeah, on. Yeah, and like that weird that hieroglyphic stuff. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. It yeah, was, so do uh, I. Because they abducted Viscera. At Royal Rumble. At Royal Rumble, and then he re-debuted months later. Yeah. Um. Then he's got the white mohawk thing. He has got the might have had something in his eyes, you know, just so they look white and shit.
0: Now, the Undertaker was the leader of that faction, where the factions mini- was a big thing at the, the Ministry time. of Darkness. Ministry of Darkness. And, and the Taker symbol. So yes. So that's
1: when you started to see the symbol. Yes. Become something. Mm-hmm. And they tried uh, another to, thing. They try a the symbol. Yeah, who they put a big boss man on that, right? They That's put Stephanie McMahon Stephanie on, that. on that. I remember that. That was that was big because Vince McMahon re, uh, revealed himself. <sighs> it was me. Dick. The higher power. The higher power. It was me all along. Now, now ECW did something
0: with that, but what ECW did because they were so different was they had a wooden cross and they tied Tommy Dreamer to it. And that was really bad because that kind of hit the whole religion shit. Yeah. So, like, WWE did it, but they he didn't... did it. He didn't want to do it. No. The way. He, no. He,
1: he was also a very Christian man. You know? Oh, yeah. He yeah. he really wasn't for it. So, that wasn't his favorite time, but he did that, what he was told. that
0: That was pushing the envelope. Yeah, definitely. for sure. Um, Because, I mean, again, it was during the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. So, the Attitude Era, you really could have done anything you kind of wanted to. You know what he, I mean?
1: It was like a license to print money at that
0: but point. But yeah. that, that was bad. That was tough, and then like like Stephanie McMahon's getting hoisted up above the Titantron. It's like yeah, heights in the WWE does not work. Oh, they secured her to that, but they couldn't secure, secure Owen Hart. Yeah. yeah, but topic for another day. yeah topic for another day. But the streak, right? Mm-hmm. There were so many times that I thought the streak was going to end, and that was the good thing that they did about it was the fact that they they basically didn't give you the. The tell, but like you knew that this is it. Yeah. Oh, this is it. Like, yep. and I remember, I remember the one time that I really, really thought it was over was Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania twenty nine. No, that's against out. Triple H. WrestleMania twenty eight.
1: The um, first one against Triple H.
0: The second one. The second one. Yeah, when he got pedi- soup, he got pushed into a super kick and a pedigree yes, after taking she, sledgehammer shots at the end of the, the era. Uh, uh, ref, right? Yeah, yep. I thought that was it. I really thought because I think you and everybody else in yeah, the crowd, thought I it. thought that was it, and just because the, the 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 signs were there that Triple H's career was kind of coming to an end, and that's too. where
1: that famous picture comes from. Yeah, at the ramp at the end, right? Yeah,
0: and I thought that was it. I thought that was really going to be it,
1: and like even and if so, you're okay with that's fine. I
0: yeah. I mean I, if Triple H was the guy to do it, okay, he worked with Taker. During the attitude era, he right. was there. Brock Lesnar, to be the guy, to be the one in 21 and 1, I think that was Vince's idea. Mm. Um, I think that he persuaded it on Taker. And at the time, I think Taker agreed because honestly, who else was going to do it? N-
1: at that time? Nobody. 2014, nobody.
0: Nobody. Roman wasn't there yet. Nope. Nobody. But, like, if you look at his WrestleMania matches, the first couple of matches that The Undertaker had, like, I'll list for you, ready? WrestleMania 7, Superfi Snuka. WrestleMania 8 was Jake the Snake. WrestleMania 9 was Giant Gonzalez. WrestleMania 11 was King Kong Bundy. Mm. Five WrestleManias, four job. Well, I'm not going to call superfy a jobber. He was at the end of his career. I'm not going to call Jake the Snake a jobber because Jake the Snake was one of the greatest uh, gimmicks at that time but like his first couple Wrestlemania matches were all squashes like mm-hmm. no one really put that into perspective and then um, it was
1: also because it was more to get the character over yeah exactly
0: yeah. and then Wrestlemania 13 he wins a title his second reign as champion right? that's a great picture when second, he's oh yeah, pallet, buddy second of his seven titles between the heavyweight and the WWE champion he was a seven time champion world champion um, he beat uh Sid mm-hmm. no he beat Sid, yeah, no Diesel. Diesel for the belt. Yeah, he beat Diesel.
1: But he re- he did wrestle Sid though, right?
0: Yeah, he did. He beat he beat Diesel for the belt.
2: Uh, it? Oh, no,
1: I'm thinking. No, I think it. I I think it was
0: Sid. It was Sid. Yeah, because yeah, Sid took it from Shawn Michaels. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. It was Sid. But more, more. I think the matches that he's more known for, with the streak, in my opinion, started with. Um, Mid 2000s Yeah WrestleMania 20 Where he came back For like the 32nd time And beat Kane That was a different taker He had shorter hair But WrestleMania 21 Was the big one Because you had The rise of Randy Orton you had a gimmick that was catching so much fire because he was actually pursuing the gimmick, Legend Killer. He took out so many different legends leading up to that match right. and that story was told perfectly. Like WrestleMania 21, in my See, opinion. That's where he
1: could have also lost that streak. Yeah. Or or I mean again. I would have been, been fine that with time. that. And he and he even
0: said Randy. like like we said last week. He even said that if it's Randy Orton, that's perfectly fine just because he knows of the name. Yeah. He knew Bob Orton. Yeah. He knew he Randy was in the locker room mm-hmm. so many times and he knew Taker and him and Taker had so many conversations about him being the one to, to break the streak. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. I would have been definitely fine with that. And like, that's when the streak really didn't catch. And that was, it was starting to catch a lot of steam, right? Cause you knew he wasn't going to lose the cane at WrestleMania 20 coming back. Mm-hmm. No. WrestleMania 21. There was that little glimmer or right, he might lose it. That was a great WrestleMania, by the way, in my opinion, the first match,
1: the one that you have. Yeah, there. I have but, it. I have it because... We reference that like once a week. <laughs> yeah, I have it because it's
0: signed by Kurt Angle. But like the opening match of that, you know, was Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. That's a great opening it's match. Probably one of the
1: greatest in quite yeah. some time.
0: Yeah. I mean, the main event was Triple H and Batista. Eh. You know, but that's when John Cena... Well, got that a, feud was hot, though. Hot feud. That was a hot feud. Hot feud. But like that that whole that whole gimmick of selling the, the Legend Killer really... really, um. That would have been good. And, like, the, the thing that The Undertaker did that was really special was he kind of... He adapted really well to other people's gimmicks. Like... He did. He did. Like, <laughs> do you remember when he got eliminated from the Royal Rumble by Maven?
1: Yes. He had... J- fresh off of uh, winning uh, Tough Enough. Yep. Now... And he was, like, pissed off outside and Maven was like, oh, my God, I did it sort of thing in the he ring. He beat the shit out of him. Yes, he did. But... Because after he got eliminated, he whooped his head. How many guys would say yes to that? Not a lot. Think about it.
0: This guy's not even around. How many guys would put over a guy that won a contest on MTV to be eliminated from the
1: Royal Rumble? A reality contest.
0: reality contest. How many guys would do that? Yeah. None. I don't think anybody would. Honestly.
1: Except Taker. That's how much he cared. Like for, for what? Like what was the? I want I want to be a fly on the wall, to hear all that. What was the purpose? Undertaker put you over, basically. Yeah, he put him over. And what did what did Maven get out of it? Mm-hmm. Nothing. A
0: couple of hardcore title belts, and and, that's it. and yeah, that's in a, it. and in the boot, right? In the boot. But that's what Taker did. That was so special. I think that he. He took a lot of losses in his career. He did. Yeah. Yokozuna beat him in his own match. Casket Mm -hmm. match. That's when he left and came back. One of his first times because of injury. But, like, Taker took a lot of losses in his career. And a lot of putting people over. That was special.
1: But I think his character started to excel at such a fast rate early Mm -hmm. that he could afford all these losses. Oh, yeah. Because... You know, seven title reigns. Whatever. It doesn't. It didn't matter at the time. He it, was still the. He one of the didn't, best. He's one of the classic guys who didn't need to be a champion, in order to progress his character, for it to mean something. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He was just his own thing. Just to have, winning. It, it's like winning a championship just to have a program with the Undertaker, in my opinion, and and that was it. You know. Okay. So he won a championship. He won. Championships early and stuff, and got a couple late, whatever, no big deal. Um, you know, when he was as American Badass, he won a championship there, I think, on SmackDown, uh, the World yeah. Heavyweight Championship. But, um, you know, he didn't really need that.
0: He won his WWF title too. He was the one that he was the one that beat Hulk Hogan after Hulk well, Hogan yeah, beat yeah. Triple H. Yeah.
1: Um, but, or the undisputed, champ, the undisputed championship. The undisputed championship, right? Yeah, whatever. Same fucking belt. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't. There's like
0: 82 different names. It doesn't really uh, matter.
1: Incarnations, but yeah, he he didn't need that extra boost that many people do when they when they become champions. No, he didn't need the boost.
0: No, not at all. He had so much momentum as it is already. Right, and like, the, like everybody the th- else
1: helped put him over, especially yeah. um uh Paul Barrett.
0: Yeah, and like the thing about like. Undertaker's presence at the time was and him being like the godfather was so many wrestlers wanted to work with him. Yeah. It didn't matter if you were in a title belt. It could have been over anything. It could have been over... A ham sandwich. Yeah, a ham sandwich. I want to work with him because... You know, I want that ham sandwich more than Undertaker, but it doesn't matter if it was about a ham sandwich or a title belt. The fact is I don't know why I'm talking about a ham sandwich. You're but but the fact is that you're working with the Undertaker. And it, and I think that he it was That's a, a championship in and of yeah, itself. It was an honor to work with him. Correct. That's that's the kind of that's how he carried himself. It was an honor to work with him. It wasn't it wasn't
1: and, and he didn't like he wasn't an ass about it. He no. wasn't all stuck up about it. He knew I, he played it cool. Yeah. You know, and that and that was it.
0: And he stuck up for a lot of wrestlers, like when when the screw job happened. Yeah, he was the first one to go into Vince's office. Like you kick up. kicked over a trash can because Bret Hart was talking about it at um, on Dark Side of the Ring. He was the first one because he was the leader of the locker room. That's what he did. Yeah, because as leader of the locker room, you should have a little idea of what's going on. Correct. So. And when something happens... Vince really dropped the fucking knowing. ball on that one. Yeah. Right? So, he had the backs of the wrestlers, and he had he had that crew. Him, Yoko, Kama, the, the BSK. BSK. Backstage crew. That's that's what the BSK means on his chest. In that picture? In Pride. Yeah. The picture of them in the bar with, like... It was... Uh, I don't know if that a tour bus or something, but it's like all these wrestlers sitting together. It's a tour bus. It's like yeah. Sabio
1: Vega, uh, Kama, everybody else. Taker. Taker, of course. Um, yeah.
0: Yoko. Yoko. Him and Yoko were really close. Yes. Like really close and um their feud was great too. There was that was a great feud.
1: That's when I started watching it at, when I could understand it. Yeah. Was at that time. Mhm. Was um that match between them. And yeah. I was like oh all right, you know this, now, is, like, this is
0: great. Yoko was Yoko the same thing happened to Hogan happened to Yoko. Correct. Yoko Zuna, yep. guy that's not afraid of anything. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Here comes Vultures, here comes Smoke. Here comes the urn. Here comes a casket.
1: Because they had built them up at yeah. such. Yeah.
0: And some of the greatest vignettes in The Undertaker's career was him making the casket. Like him. And they showed that in the documentary. Him sanding yeah. the wood down. And him With like. With the plane. Yep. Yeah.
1: He's planing it. Yep. And, and they all, showed the outtakes of it on yeah. the documentary. And all he said was
0: rest in peace. And it's still one of, if not the greatest vignettes of him making the casket. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. It was just so good. <laughs> honestly it was so good and i can't go into detail about how much he meant to me as as a fan of wrestling the fact that he he's been around for as long as i've been wrestling i've been watching wrestling really means a lot and it really like i had a connection with with stone cold i had a connection with hulk hogan but not as much as i had a connection with the undertaker honestly because everything just happened at the right time yeah. for you yeah yeah and like some of the feuds that he had were were just crazy I mean after Yoko, right? He has he has a couple of feuds, you know, when he became champion with Sid, but then he had Mankind. Mhm. Right? That was some so,
1: of the best shit right there. And that also helped Usher in the Attitude era. Yeah. Cuz Mankind was just coming in. The Boiler Room promo? The Boiler Room brawl? Uh,
0: like, come on, the Boiler Room brawl and promos at SummerSlam and he did lose that match. And I mean that was when Paul Barrett turned on him Yeah Which was really cool to see Because you're giving the Undertaker commentary now You're giving him the microphone He has to speak up now Mm -hmm. Right You're taking his mouthpiece away I think that's because he finally evolved into that character Yeah
1: It's like shit or get off the pot now Yeah Yeah.
0: And some of his matches are mankind I mean they went at it all the time Um, Buried Alive mm-hmm right like yep. like let's just think about was that
1: all... in that was a uh in, in your, your house. house yep let's just
0: think about all the matches that were created by the undertaker real quick before we dive into any of them buried alive casket bore the room casket um inferno match yeah with him and hell King. in a cell hell in a cell five matches made by one character what other matches out there were made by a character I'll wait because I can't think of any. <laughs> really, honestly, a strap match was—I think a strat match was made by Dusty back in the day, like back, back in the day. But oh, actually, Indian strap match. The Great Khalis Punjabi Prison Match, oh, and, and guess who the first person in that match was? Undertaker. <laughs> it was Undertaker against Big Show in the first Punjabi Prison Match. Like, come on. But, like, the fact that The Undertaker kind of created five matches that the WWE used for years and years and years and still do to this day, yeah. an example of the Hell in a Cell, that means something, too. And Hell in a Cell
1: has its own pay-per-view. It does. It used to be just a, a match. Now. And now it's a full pay-per-view. Now it's with, with men. several men, women. Men, women, tag teams. Yep.
0: Elimination Chamber he didn't come up with. No, that was uh, Bishop. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but... Like, if you look, all right, let's just look at the 1998 King of the
1: Ring. Mm-hmm. Hell in a cell. I just got, Um, it's funny we're talking about Undertaker today and now we're talking about that because I just got a um, email from Homage, the company that I like to buy some of my uh, T-shirts from. Mm-hmm. And they just put out a, um, a thing about that, about it's like whatever anniversary of that. Yeah. So they put out a King of the Ring shirt as well as the Undertaker match. Uh, against mankind in the hell in a cell. I like think a t shirt? Yeah. Uh, as you were talking, I'll I'll pull it up right now. All right. But that match,
0: right? It wasn't the first Hell in a Cell. The first Hell in a Cell was Undertaker Shawn Michaels, nineteen ninety seven in Correct. your house. Correct. Bad blood, I believe it was. Bad blood. Yeah. And that was when we saw the the debut of Kane. Now that was a mm-hmm. great story because there were
1: two stories going on at once. Yes. Yes. And proving that they can do that.
0: Mm-hmm. They can do two stories of one character. L- Lest we forget. Yes. That was when that was when booking and storytelling was something that actually existed. Right? Yeah. Great storytelling. So Paul Bearer comes out and he's like, Cain's alive. Kane's alive. And Kane's Undert- alive. Kane's <laughs> alive, Undertaker. And, and 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 Undertaker is just looking at him like with a shock. That's a
1: great shirt. You want it? I don't know. I don't know. They have a three X. It's, uh, not, it's not shipping until July fifteenth. Uh, the the fabric feels so good. It does. It's so soft. And they have a cool King of the Ring shirt too. What was I talking about? That's that's. I might have to get. The yeah, they the King of the
0: Ring one. King of the Wing, by the way. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh man, our failed uh, our our wrestling f- food our failed
0: truck. wrestling food truck, King of the Wing. Um,
1: Let us know if you like that because I'll get it. I'll get it popping. Yeah. We'll do that. I'll go to yeah. a Freehold right now and I'll I'll put her name down so we can. Yeah, own and then that business. and then we're,
0: and then we're gonna start doing Sunset Food Radio on a food truck while we're throwing out dozens of wings at the same time. Um, see, so you no know, chicken wings took my mind out. Now I can't think of what I was saying. I was talking about oh Kane, fucking right wings. Kane. So Kane makes his debut, which is great because again you saw a character that was his size, right? Kane, aka Isaac Gankham DDS, aka Fake Diesel.
1: That's a great shirt. That's all three Undertakers on that shirt. That's nice. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice.
0: Um, so Kane comes in, rips rips the door off Hell in a Cell. Yeah, right. And that just leads a whole story. What a,
1: what a great way to enter that too. Yeah, just rip, rip the up the door. That's gotta be Kane. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, that's another. That was another great Jim Ross call. Uh, my God, that's Kane. No, uh, that's gotta, gotta was be Vince. Kane. That was Vince. That was Vince. That was one of the last
1: that's times he was on as a uh, an announcer. Yeah, before but that, he became his character.
0: That story, that storytelling with Kane was great. That's nice too. Um, because that was also the birth of the Inferno match. Yeah, right. One of the greatest. One of the greatest. Um, parts of that match when you saw Taker doing the flying. Um, the leap over, leap over. the uh, the ropes. Like, onto he's six ten, leaping like that. That's a that's agility. You know, you never see big guys like that.
1: No, but as he got older, it got more and more scared Harder. to watch. Yeah, oh, like man. like
0: the one against uh, Shawn Michaels at twenty five WrestleMania oh. when he took that's out the, the cameraman. One.
1: That's the one, dude. Oh, inches away from, yeah. from being dead or paralyzed. Yeah,
0: like the fact that he risked his body like that was crazy. Because the first of all, the fact that he can even do that at that size. Yeah, he's he's not. He's no light feather. Taker was like 320. Mm -hmm. Jumping over the top rope like that. But, I mean, I enjoyed the King and the Undertaker feud. It really had some great storytelling. Then they became the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah. Became tag team champions. They were like the badasses for a while. But, the 1998 Hell in a Cell King of the Ring match. Definitely. Now that, was that the same King of the Ring as Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle? When, when, when uh, went through the glass. And yeah. Like, no, 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 that was later. In, no, no, no. Ingo, no,
1: no. that's year. That's, the that's 2000, years later. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Because I think I remember what the logo looked like.
0: That King of the Ring match, it, oh God, stands out in wrestling history.
1: The fact that it started. Go, the only reason why you watch that is for is that. For that.
0: Match. The only, like, the fact that it started technically on top of the cell, like, when Mankind came down went on top of the cell, and The Undertaker, you see until you're climbing, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is gonna be bad. Like, and then <laughs> that bump that Mick Foley took, still to this All day. All the way down.
1: Off off, off the top onto the uh, table or yeah. through in, into no, the
0: ring? No, no, the one that they really meant to do off the table. Yeah, yeah. Like...
1: That had to. It was all about time and everything was perfect. He moved Inches his body away, the right like, way. That's it. All you wrestling can't, is is knowing you can't, how
0: to fall. You can't practice that. Hell no. Like, you can practice it onto a mat, like, off I mean, the top rope.
1: We can go outside your window. Tom's got a little window over here, which yeah. goes to a little hut, like, like a, hut, like, yeah. a shed. <laughs> yeah. We can just practice off of that. Yeah, but. we could.
0: But, like, that that image or, of them two and in, in that on top of the hell in a cell. Right. It still gets played to this day on the countdowns of, you know, the gruesome mm-hmm. matches, the violent matches, the disclaimer, don't try this at home. Like that, yeah, yeah. that image is just, that's like my childhood. That's crazy. Like that whole match was just that ridiculous. And the
1: smiling, the smile yeah. on his face with the tooth Vic- sticking yeah. through his nose. Yep. Now, which I thought for the longest time was like a tissue or something. Yeah.
0: It was his tooth, yeah. His tooth. I thought that the match was over when he took that bump.
1: Well, they thought it too. Yeah, because you saw
0: Vince come Well, Terry Funk came down, the doc like the like the real doctors of the WWF came mm-hmm. out. Vince came out and like he looked. And, I mean, uh, and the If the, he sold that, he sold that well cuz that look on his face was like horror.
1: The I think what was even better was the Undertaker's reaction. Nothing. Was nothing but the way that they filmed it looking up at him and he was standing uh, kind of on that lip where he threw him off, yeah. looking down, in character, but you can kind of see the concern on his face, like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, like, like what? what did I do? <laughs> Oops.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> they no start crash pad. Oh, huh? wrong table. <laughs> <laughs> they start raising the cage with him on top of it.
1: Yeah, and he's holding on. He's where holding
0: it... on to the chain yes. thing in the middle. Correct. So I mean, if, if that was staged, that was great. T- that was great sell, and that was unbelievable. But. I I didn't expect Mick Foley to get pushed to push himself off the stretcher, go back up onto the hell in the cell, and then that second bump wasn't supposed to happen. No, because it it, it caved in. It caved in.
1: And it wasn't rated to do shit the, like and that. And
0: and he hit his head on a chair on the way down, yes. too.
2: Cuz so the chair he, was in the middle of yeah, the thing. Yeah. He hits Oh his, no, no, the no, it chair was on went top down of with the cage. Him. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it went down with him. Yep.
0: So he hits his head on a chair. So he he's got to be concussed at this point. Takes a bump like that. And then oh, he the, said he was. Yeah, and I remember the Undertaker jumping out of the cage <laughs> into the ring. Yeah. And then just start beating him up. And then he comes back again. Undertaker starts beating up Terry Funk for no
1: reason. <laughs> well, he started beating up Terry Funk probably
0: because... Just to take the attention off Correct. of... Correct, yep. The doctors making sure Mick Foley wasn't dead. Yeah. And then, you know, the infamous tooth through the nose. And then the tacks. There was thumbtacks in that match. Like, if you want to watch... Not just a hell, like if you love Hell in
1: a Cell and you love cage matches, nothing has ever been better. I mean, obviously, it's nothing better than the first. Sometimes, but um, feels like the first time. Feels <laughs> like the first time. Um, nothing's better than that Hell in a Cell because, and no. I think it got bastardized as it kept it did. going. It got washed out because they kept doing it more and yeah. more and more. A, a Hell in a Cell was supposed to be a blow off to a feud. Like now, a it's a fucking pay per view. Now. it's a yeah, but, like, if you look at the evolution of cage matches, right? Although, I, I think after that, Hell in a Cell, the best one was Sasha and uh, Becky. Yes, it, that was good. That we just that had was, last That was year.
0: very good. Awesome. Like, the evolution of cage matches. When everyone talks about cage matches, they think of Dusty Rhodes and the, Ric Flair. And the blue cage. They think of Superfly Jimmy Snuka doing a splash on Don Morocco. Okay. And then the blue cage. The only thing I think of the blue cage is... Uh, Mr. Wonderful against Hulk Hogan on Saturday Night's main event, where Mr. Wonderful technically won because his feet landed before Hogan, but and then like Hell in a Cell, mm-hmm. that Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker and Mankind, hands down, like we just said, is the greatest Hell in a Cell match of all time. But I do think it's also uh, the greatest match that Mick Foley had in WWF.
1: I'm sure he, I, I he'll Yeah, like
0: like oh boy, oh boy, sign down the sign just went down. Um like when he won the title in Raw Like the big pop from Austin When Austin came out Hit the, hit the rock in the head of the chair And Mick Foley was champion That was gr- that was great and all But like some of Mick Foley's best matches Was when he was with Mankind And was against The Undertaker
2: mm-hmm.
0: The Boiler Room Brawl The Hell in a Cell The Buried Alive match Again The Undertaker did come back Like 14 times in his career But every time he came back It was always better than ever like, yeah. when he came back, like, at the end of Buried Alive, when you when you hear the lightning strike and you see Undertaker's hand come out of the grave. Oh. Similar to AJ oh, Styles. man. So that was a throwback to that. Yeah, callback. Right? Mm-hmm. And, like, when Undertaker came, came back against Randy Orton before WrestleMania 21, the casket's standing straight up, a lightning bolt shoots, it's on fire, Undertaker kicks the door down. Right? There were so many times, like, the Undertaker's music was so special because once you heard that gong and the lights went out, you knew he was coming. Mm-hmm. Or, if he wasn't coming, he was setting you up for failure or to lose a match.
1: So, that gong and that aura, that part of it, didn't happen until later in the career. Yes. When they started, I, I think it didn't and They were really, more
0: visually and...
1: Well, yeah, when they were able to do yeah. so and to
0: yeah. play off of that. Mm-hmm.
1: But that also, I think, is synonymous with the streak. Yes. Because around Absolutely. that time, that's when it started to... That gong is it. And you guys are going to hear it later. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's... It's that that gong that it's it's part of pop culture they play that in baseball stadiums, and um I haven't been to a football game um I just can't fucking afford it yeah. um, but they play it during football games too when the the team is going you know they're gonna lose, and here comes
2: the, they gong. play that gong yeah. and that's it
0: they did they actually when I went to the Buffalo Bills game, they played the gong on fourth down for the opposing team, wow. So like when it was like fourth wow. and two for the other team, like you hear a gong, I'm like <laughs> I'm like Undertaker? Right. <laughs> you know, at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, Undertaker coming up from somewhere. Yeah. No, but um like that guy like his music and like and like he went through a lot of phases with music. Like the beginning that the track that you heard on Sunset Flip Radio was his original organ music from nineteen ninety. Right, and then evolve, the, and the
1: Oregon, mu- the Oregon itself is just like a very like imposing sound, imposing, scary, scary, ominous
0: sound. Um, then he started getting like like the um more like orchestra and thunderstorms, but like American Badass Undertaker, that was like one of the, one of the that was one of the first times where dude, don't you get had, me, don't get me started. You I had love... Limp Biscuit, you had Kid Rock, you had like big name guys. Yep. Now, I mean, like yeah.
1: Rock bands. Yeah, because he came out to Roland. Yeah. The, there, there's a clip that they show every once in a while. It's where he first debuted that mm-hmm. character. Yeah. He had been gone for an injury, for an eternity, what seemed like. And everybody's brawling in the ring. And what does he do? Comes out on the thing, and he just starts clearing house. But Dude, the, fucking great. the
0: vignette of the little girls.
1: Oh, before that. Before that. That was fucking creepy. That, that vignette. Creepy.
0: Again, the Undertaker had crazy vignettes, mostly with the moon and the dark and all this shit, lightning, thunder. But the it thing, always yeah. would
1: start from the sky, yes. which was dark, and and come down.
0: I didn't expect American Badass Undertaker. First of all, I didn't expect that at all, which was great because um that well, was a whole other side. Like, creepy girl, yeah, little kid doll. That thing, creepy like girl that. doll thing. I thought I instantly thought the Undertaker, but then when he came out, Did in the you? Mo- are you kidding me? Really? Well, no, being dark like that, oh, like oh, being a dark oh. thing. I thought of Undertaker. Oh, like, okay, okay, Because okay. it was a dark, ominous thing. That yeah. was like his whole career, but... Right, right. Coming the, off the, that ministry stuff, The too, 180 yeah. twist of him coming down the motorcycle. Now, this is American Badass Undertaker we're talking about.
1: Where he livened up a little bit. So he brought yeah. the character out into the light a little bit more. Try me, kid. I'll make you no famous. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try me, kid. I'll make you famous. <laughs> yeah.
0: Baby, right. So, like... Now, now we'll talk about American Badass Undertaker
1: now. We have to. That's we have to. Personally, my favorite. Yeah. My favorite.
0: Mine is the original Dead Man. Yours is American Badass. Now... He said that He went to to that part He went to the badass Because He saw that his character Was getting stale
1: Yes Now He needed to reinvent for himself For you
0: somewhere. For a wrestler to do that Right You think Hogan thought that? You think Bret Hart thought that? Not when the money kept Stone coming Cold did, right? Stone Cold did Right? Because Stone Cold The ringmaster to a badass To Austin 316 But like the the wrestling knowledge and the wrestling capacity that the Undertaker had, he knew that he had to change his gimmick.
1: The wherewithal to realize, like, yeah. dude, we gotta we got to switch this shit up. He
0: had to switch, and he knew that he had to. So he comes up with this Undertaker uh, original American badass gimmick. I mean, that's who he was. That's though. who he was. That's, that's him.
1: And I mean, he. He, he, lo- he loves riding his hog, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that but like. Weird, but
2: <laughs> 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 don't ride the hog. Don't ride the hog. <laughs> Please but, like, don't ride the hog. What the
0: Undertaker also did before that, when he was a dead man, was he lived that gimmick outside of the ring. And he said that he, in the documentary. He dressed in black. He wore a bandana, didn't sunglasses, didn't say anything. Didn't mm-hmm. say anything rarely took pictures and if he did he wasn't smiling autograph sessions didn't smile so he lived the character outside of the ring right now he's living himself in and outside of the ring right american badass undertaker in my opinion is probably the greatest transition from one character to the next mm-hmm. right are we seeing that now with the fiend no are we seeing that we are kind of but i don't think it's i don't think the fiend is gonna well, you be
1: the three faces of foley deal going on well
0: here's the thing when you think of mick foley what do you think of I think of all three of them.
1: I think of all three of them in one match. I at put one time. yeah. I put that's Do, really personally. I
0: put Dude Love as third. I think of Cactus
1: third. Jack is is how he got really yeah, over. Actually. That was the his over. Young. That was yeah. It. So yeah. I
0: think of Cactus Jack, Mankind, then then Dude Love.
1: It could be Four Faces because his, his Mick Foley was, was a, a guy. Yeah, yeah. But like Mick Foley is a guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but
0: have you seen a wrestler come back with a second gimmick and be as successful as American Badass? Not like that. Not like that. Are we seeing that with the Fiend? It's too early to tell. But Undertaker and Fiend are two
1: different guys. Signs point to yes. If signs they don't point to yes if they don't fuck it up. You're right.
0: But like American Badass Undertaker was a total 180 of his character mm-hmm. originally. He's talking more, right? He's getting involved in more more in depth storylines, right? Um, what do you now? You tell me that that he's your favorite, right? Mm-hmm. So why why why? Just tell me why you think he's a fit, the, the best one. This sport. is
1: gonna fucking sound corny, but it was just cool. <laughs> for me. Uh, this is so it was just what, 2000, 2001, About, yeah. something like that. So I'm yeah. um, uh, 12, 13. It was just, fucking it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, that's it. That, it might sound cheesy. It was just cool.
0: It was cool to see him come out like the American flag holding on the back of the motorcycle. And
1: I mean, the music for me, because yeah. I was into Limp Bizkit at that <laughs> Were time. Were you really? Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I Limp was never. B- Limp Bizkit and corn at that time. I was never into From that. From 98, 99, 2000 oh man music was chocolate starfish the... and the and hot dog, hot dog flavored water. <laughs> water i still got that cd at home yeah mm-hmm. i mean
0: did i like uh i wasn't much big i was more into blink 182 i was into green day i was into mighty mighty boss tones i never got into like that whole like thrash metal or limp rap metal limp biscuit it was it was limp biscuit corn it
1: was, it was technically classified as new
0: metal new metal limp biscuit corn there's another metal one
1: meaning any you metal
0: pm 5k Oh, God. If, uh, <laughs> you looked at me like, who was that? I was like, oh, <laughs> I had to think of pa- Power Man 5,000. Yeah. 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 But like.
1: Oh, and that's when like Linkin Park was coming out. Yes. Because uh, Hybrid Theory came out in 2000. <sighs> that's their best They're album. It was like 20 years old. That's their best album. I remember I was in Puerto Rico. I was there. Uh, I was 13. And I had to stay there for a month. I just met my cousins who I've never met before in my life. Thank God they spoke English. Yeah. And I was just over there for pretty much every day. Listening to Lincoln Park. Listening to Lincoln Park. That's it. And playing um yeah. Dreamcast and the first Xbox. We were nice. playing Abe's Oddworld or Abe's Odyssey. Yeah. Abe's Odyssey. That was a good
0: game. Yeah. The um American Badass Undertaker. This was this was um It was so fresh. It was. It was a whole no nobody did it. Nope. Right? We haven't seen much of a I think
1: that ushered in different sides of people's characters. Yeah. To more of a realism. To where we are today. I think he started that. Yeah. Well he helped move it forward because I, I would I, I have to say Stone Cold really started to
0: The do. badass character like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To really got that push going. Undertaker definitely brought it to the next level because this was at a time where Austin was coming and going and I think he was more going at that point because he was hurt. He had retired. He had become the general manager. Whatever, what the hell was going on at that time? Um, but uh, I, I just—that's just the best Undertaker to me, man.
0: He, had, he it had, was so real. He had so many good rivalries in that during that time. Of
1: course, he did with Kurt Angle.
0: Kurt Angle, um, Ric Flair, Rick Flair, H- even Hulk Hogan.
1: Yeah, for that brief stint. Yeah, he—he—he
0: yeah, he, he beat Hogan for the title like again, <laughs> again. But also, there was a heel Undertaker. With that, too. He was a heel, and he was a face as the as the American he, Badass. He, he teetered that line. But what he did so well was he played off with the crowd that the fans loved the heel Undertaker. They loved the American Badass The Undertaker. heel
1: Undertaker, American Badass, really wasn't as heel as it was because it was so cool. This was the time in wrestling where it was actually cool to be bad. Yeah. You know, this was the end of the Attitude Era getting into Ruthless Aggression. Yes. Like, right at the tail end. This is know. when the
0: heels were taken over. Correct.
1: Like... And it was cool to have that edge to yourself. Yes. No, no pun, pun intended. intended. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but, like, if you look back at history, 1990, faces, it doesn't matter who it was. They got the huge pops. Yeah. Once, it was always reserved for Once, because yeah. it was for the kids. Mm-hmm. Now, once the years go by and the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era is coming through, it's a whole new wave of wrestling fans. It's that 18 to 24. Right. Right. That's what they're catering to. So it's cool to be a badass.
1: It's cool to be a badass. Yeah. Because it's cool, it's to, cool hit... to be like a degenerate, you know. Yeah. He hence hence yeah. X, it's right.
0: cool to hit someone with a chair and win. Right. Like, it's cool to do that.
1: Yeah. You ever do wrestling moves on family members?
0: Yeah. Rock bottom my dad all the time.
1: <laughs> Did it to my brothers. Yeah. They'll contest to that. Um, I remember one time my cousin, they got they got grounded basically for a whole summer. So. It was my cousin, Joey, and Brianna. And he pedigreed his sister. Legitimate? Legitimate pedigreed her. On what, a bed? On the bed, the floor, something. <laughs> <in> the, right. <laughs> one's that. soft, one's hard. <laughs> Concussed her. Oh, jeez. That's probably punch for the whole summer. Yeah, that's probably for It was bad. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, like, I- I'll fake punch Christine once in a while. Like, fake headbutt.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do that fake headbutt. That big I do man, a g- drawn I, back fake headbutt. I do a good fake headbutt.
0: I do a really good fake headbutt.
1: I mean, you have bear paws for fucking
0: <laughs> hands, dude. He, he, he's got Dunkin' Donuts bear claws.
2: <laughs> Dumbass. There's nothing wrong with that. No, that's nothing okay. wrong. They're with delicious. That. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Undertaker, American badass. He does win some. He wins some titles, right? And famously... aligns himself with Kane mm-hmm. still, right? He's still bringing some of that old character back, alliances, grudges, right? He right. has. Rick Flair said that that his WrestleMania match against. Uh, Undertaker, which was WrestleMania 17,
1: I think. Flair,
0: yeah. Seven- Rick Flair.
1: 17 is the Rock and Hogan.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but it was Undertaker, Rick Flair too. That mm. time, Rick Flair was going through some shit in his life, where he didn't want to wrestle anymore, and he Correct. said he didn't know himself. He yeah. credited the Undertaker for getting him back.
1: And it's funny that That's, he said that, that, that tells you something. It's funny that Rick said that because. Mm-hmm. Undertaker needed Triple H in the documentary to tell him, show him who the fuck you are. Yeah. And they kept playing that like every episode. Yeah. So it's weird how life, you know, comes full circle like that. Yeah.
0: Because, I mean, at the time, like he was he was in bad shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So American Badass will live down to be the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest gimmick to come off like the greatest second gimmick of all time. Mm, Right second act Yeah Yeah. second act so so, Not uh,
1: not a lot of people get to that No not at all A a third act and we got to touch Big Evil they call them Yeah Which was a combination of him resorting back to The the dead man and then Badass it was a weird combo That's kind of when I kind of fell out of wrestling around that time Yeah And then he got back to full Undertaker To what WrestleMania, WrestleMania
0: 20 was the first Back to original Taker not completely weird dead jacket. man. Yeah. It was a full leather trench coat. But the best match I think of Undertaker had as Ruthless or whatever. Uh, yeah, it was a Ruthless. American situation. Badass. Yeah, at that time. That Raw against Jeff Hardy. For the Intercontinental Championship? No, it was a ladder match for the title. Oh. Still to this day. Jeff Hardy says that's his best match.
1: He said it. Uh, he said it the other day. Yeah. It might, if it wasn't on SmackDown, he said it in some promo. And they I mean, put online.
0: That match was really great because you saw how well the Undertaker does with putting people. over. he does well with smaller guys. Too. He does, and he, he does said well that with smaller guys. Yeah. Yeah. He did well with AJ Styles. He did well with. I mean, I thought the match with CM Punk at WrestleMania 29 was good. It's probably the best match of the whole card. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, WrestleMania 29 That
2: was weird. He had a shaved head too. Yeah, that was <laughs> weird.
0: I mean, WrestleMania 29 will go down as probably one
1: of the most lackluster WrestleManias of all time. Mm. Can you remember three matches from the card? Um, Just the uh, Rock and uh, Cena and the Undertaker and Bunk. Uh, yeah. And no. the other one is uh, debuting uh, The Shield. The Shield. The yep. Shield's first match. That's, that year. was the first match, right? Yep. Yep.
0: Against Seamus Orton and The Big Show. Yeah. Big Show counter, heel turn, click. <laughs> we have we have the counter on the wall Like we said last week Of the big heel turns He turned heel in that match
1: We can also start another one With a, a natty heel turn
0: Natty heel turn And how many roll-ups Can they do on, on national television mm. But So WrestleMania 20 comes He comes back as The Undertaker mm. Right So this is the second coming Of the Dead man, Right Now this This version of the Undertaker He was Mr. Smackdown too By the way Yes He God he, he,
1: After he left Raw He never went back No
0: and that was or perfect. It does not seem like it. That yeah. was perfect because he needed to build that he brand. He needed for to them. build the brand yeah. for them.
1: That a that B show became the A show with he, him on it. Yeah, him, he, Ed, him, Edge, and Eddie, I think really. And set, Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle. And and Kurt really Angle. You got to throw
0: Kurt Angle in there. Uh, SmackDown. Yep. Just like how that time. Or it, what did
1: they call him? The SmackDown 4.
0: Yeah. And at that time on Raw, you had. Because uh, Chris Jericho was on Raw. Mm-hmm. He kind of carried Raw for a long time. You had Rob Van Dam. You had Kane, Booker T. Yeah. Um, you had Revolution, Triple mm-hmm. H, Randy Orton, Batista. So like that's the,
1: but before, he uh, became Blue Tista and moved <laughs> over to SmackDown. Who <laughs> <and>, this man? Who <laughs> <"Poo> this man? <laughs>
0: but um, like the second coming of the Undertaker, like to me was really special because that's when a lot of the investment went to the character and a lot of the investment went back into the streak. Yeah, the streak. The streak took the name right going into WrestleMania 20 against uh, Kane, and he kind of teased that at that Royal Rumble where again. The gong hits, right? Because the, the counter came down. Kane's standing over everybody in the Royal Rumble. Gong hits. Goes black.
1: Was that the... No, no, never mind. Go that ahead. was the
0: Rumble that uh, Benoit won, 2005. Mm-hmm. So, gong hits on the Titantron. Stormy weather, or whatever, across. And then music comes back on. Kane gets eliminated. Like, you don't need the character, to, to make an impression like that. Mm-mm. You don't. And is that creative? Maybe. Is that The Undertaker's gimmick for his career? Possibly. This is 15 years into his career. Yeah. Right? This is halfway through Half his career. Half of his career. Halfway and he's through, through his career. so much. Halfway into his career, 15 years in 2005, he had two gimmicks, multiple titles, mm-hmm. multiple times putting people over,
1: Multiple appearances. At this time he had famously put John Cena over. Yeah. You know, in that backstage. With hour. the
0: handshake. Mm-hmm. What's your name, kid? kid. Yep. John Cena. <laughs> and he was like, mm. he, just John gave Cena. Him the, he just gave him the Good head job. Number. Yeah. yeah. Good job. And like when when John Cena looks at his hand, I'm like <laughs> he touched it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh how, my god. That's how, how I look at my hand sometimes. That's you're that's like That's <laughs> like how your wife when she touched Roman
1: Reigns <laughs> <laughs> she pushed kids out Christine! of the way. Christine <laughs> <laughs> he touched me. She trampled like she two trampled children.
0: like a seven year old to touch Roman Reigns' shoulder. <laughs> we were talking about that I the. I wish you would trample really me. Oh, something. God. Jesus Christ. Didn't.
1: <laughs> Please, I hope you're not listening. I hope
0: you're not. Li- well, not yet. Yeah. No one's watching. That's okay. Well, oh hey. Um. So, this thing called life is coming back into our world where normal things are opening up, and um. You know, me and Alex, we both work and we both have jobs. Alex starts his new job. Monday?
2: Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. it's Tomorrow. 7 in the morning. <laughs> in the morning. Hello. Uh-huh.
0: So I have to work every third weekend. So that means we may be throwing up different days on podcasts. But we will announce that we're going to be doing another Facebook live show during the week at night. So uh, check out our our um, Instagram and Facebook for updates on that. So we just that's just that's just uh, planting the seed on that one. Yeah. So back to the Undertaker. Back to why we're talking about him because of his illustrious 30 year career. Right now we're talking about the about the middle of his career now and how he is carrying Smackdown, how he's having great feuds. And now another a character that he starts feuding with, which I think is kind of an underrated feud, in my opinion, when you really think about him as Edge.
1: Yeah. And Edge, I, I think they brought it up to Edge as the opportunity to end the <laughs> yeah. streak. And he was I'm like, not doing hell that. No. hell <laughs> no. I'm not going to be the one to do that. with you, nuts? Right. Like, that was
0: great for him. Like, yeah. for him to say that. But, like, they had, they, what are you nuts? they had Hell in a Cell matches. They had TLC matches together. So, it's it's kind of funny because they're playing to each strengths. Yeah. Like, Edge is the kind of one that, like, kind of introduced a TLC match when he was part of the tag teams against Correct. the Dudleys and the T- Hardy Boys. 2000? Yeah. That was WrestleMania 17. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest. That's WrestleMania. opening match. That right? no, was that eighteen? No, seventeen. No, wasn't no, was no. They had another one at eighteen, though. Seventeen and eighteen were two great WrestleManias. It's probably the best in a long time. Well, I mean, the best I can remember. But um, so like the the Edge Undertaker rivalry was really good because um, Edge was like coming into his own character. Yeah, kind of like the Undertaker. everything think about it, Edge debuted, right. He, part of the brood. As part of the brood. Right. But dude, like, that was awesome. Too. Yeah. That was creepy. That entrance. Because the music
1: was like. <sighs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And like when Gangrel would just pour blood on you. Oh, dude. Like that he's, whole gimmick was great. And he's still doing great. that today he's just, still doing by, to himself. Like, just by himself. Like when Gangrel rose from the floor with Edge and Christian in the fire. That was great. And they're all smiling and like. Yeah. That and, like, was great. And, and Gangrel wasn't that bad. I mean, he was more of a. Gangrel was more of a gimmick than I think as a wrestler, I guess you can say. Yeah, but But like he carried it well. So like if if you look at Edge's career, Edge had success as a tag team champion, as an intercontinental champion, but really didn't have a lot of success as a heavyweight champion. More until the middle of his career. Undertaker started off in nineteen ninety. His big break as champion was like seven, eight years later. Right? So it's kind of similar Paths of being the champion, which is smart because you really got to find your character. You got to go over with creative. You got to get over with the fans. You got to get over with Vince. Mm-hmm. Probably the fastest character to do something like that. I mean, if you look at Stone Cold, I mean, Stone Cold's first WrestleMania match was against, uh, what, Bret Hart?
1: Right? At, uh, WrestleMania 13. 13. 13. Yeah.
0: And then the next year, he beats Shawn Michaels with the help of Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean Edge Edge and Undertaker had great matches and it culminated at WrestleMania. This is like
1: rated our superstar Edge at this point? Yeah. With the belt? With the yes. spinner belt?
0: No. No, not yet. No, this is World Heavyweight Champion. Okay, got it. This got is it. World Heavyweight Champion Edge. Got it. And again, there was a time where I thought Edge was going to beat him too. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there was no, I mean I'm I mean I, we kind of missed the whole Batista him and Undertaker and Batista had a good grudge. But like their match at WrestleMania twenty three. 23. twenty-three. Twenty-two was a casket match against Mark Henry. Which was cool to to throw in the casket again. Yeah. So if okay, so if we're doing the if we're doing the street counter, twenty was against Kane, twenty one was against Orton, twenty two was against Henry, twenty three was against Batista, WrestleMania twenty four was against Edge. Cause twenty five and twenty six we're gonna talk about in a minute. Yeah. But that match, it was the main event and Part of me, again. Part of me thought that this was the time. See, they, they because they Edge worked, was getting yeah. built to be like that. Right. Not knowing, not knowing, that three years later Edge would retire. Yeah. After beating Del Rio in the opening match of WrestleMania 27, which was basically culminated around the Rock and Stone Cold. I still feel bad for the Miz to this day.
2: Yeah, he got uh, shafted. He was shafted.
0: <laughs> he was champion. He got shafted, but. I mean that was a phenomenal match with those two guys because you had Edge who was on the top of his game and the Undertaker who you thought was going to lose but he didn't,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So th- I mean that that whole um, gr- um, program with them two was very, very good. Yeah. Now the next two WrestleManias, right? In between, in between that he has some feuds with Mark Henry, has some feuds with Great Khali, has some feuds with um, Kurt Angle more towards the end of his end of Kurt Angle's career at WrestleMania, but Be- yeah, before yeah. he went to Team, but. When you when you think about WrestleMania matches, okay? And you think about two guys who did so much for the the, biz- the, business, the
2: business um for right? wrestling in you, general, you
0: you think of um Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, right? Both around at the same time. WrestleMania 25. Like
1: they were two ships passing in the yeah. night for a while. Mm-hmm. Um for a very long time. Yeah, had they had crossed paths maybe a couple times, but never like the way that they did for um twenty five twenty
0: six. Yes. Twenty five and twenty six. Now, WrestleMania twenty five. Again, Triple H was in the main event against uh Orton. Yes. And he said <laughs> he's like, how do how do I follow that? <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, shit. How do I follow that? Well those that...
1: twenty five twenty six are considered by many people to be the best Undertaker matches of all time. Absolutely. And go figure they're against the same person. Same guy. Same background. And guess what? The
0: same guy. Shawn Michaels was in wrestling when Undertaker debuted. Yep. It's funny how the oldest guys come up with the new tricks.
2: Yeah.
1: You got to, you got to, you know, you go to the well too many times, you get burned. During the soon. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You got to keep reinventing yourself and, and revitalizing certain pieces of what you do. And. Nothing proves that more than those two matches, I thought that and then, neck, some, like and then the next two, yeah, against triple h, yeah,
0: I mean that was a four year story
1: and and that's what they had that, talked about that was that, about that.
0: that was a four year story right between between four, the end of a era four year
1: four-year story you haven't seen any sort of storytelling like uh, that in twenty years almost uh,
0: never right, never, you never saw a four year story with three wrestlers revolving around everyone's career, yeah no. And again, the Undertaker changes image. We'll talk about that. But Undertaker Michaels, like like we said, I'm surprised he didn't break his neck.
2: Oh, uh, that
1: dive!
0: That dive on the cameraman, the the poor indie wrestler, oh, or the poor
1: that that guy. Oh, man. oh he I didn't I catch him. He it, yeah, didn't, didn't catch, catch him. him. That I picture it in my head. Almost and as it...
0: bad as the Goldberg Undertaker thing. Oh, dude.
1: I watched that because I didn't watch it. He was inches away from breaking his neck. He tucked his head. So Goldberg cradled his neck. So it was basically his arm. It still hurt him, but I looked at it because of the way that they showed it in the documentary. And he was inches away. But if Goldberg didn't, Goldberg had him, but he didn't have him, as you can see. But he had him just enough that he protected his head and his neck just enough so he wasn't paralyzed yeah but that dive so i don't know if his feet got caught right no, at the he, end of the road it was just like
0: i think he dove it was like too it, far in the air like was, he turned his body and too it much was
1: such a slow mo oh, man. oh
0: god i can still see it in, in head.
1: real speed it was in slow motion and yeah. all you see is like this plank of wood it just <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, it but bullshit.
0: like that match like from the beginning, with Michaels coming down from the ceiling, and like just from the entrances to the spot to the crowd reaction on that match is ridiculous. Yeah, and there again, there were so many. Like, did I think Shawn Michaels was going to beat Undertaker? I didn't think there. The second time, I no. I knew Michael. I knew Undertaker was going to retire Michaels.
1: Oh, oh, right, right. That based, was the best. On the, yeah, yeah, and that was the best match. The second one.
0: Yeah, and that and that respectfully had to main event WrestleMania 26. 100%. It had to. You have your 25th anniversary of the biggest program of your career, right? You have you don't need the Rock, you don't need Stone Cold, you need the two guys that helped build the wrestle you needed the two guys that put wrestling that kept wrestling going in the WWF during that week. And it time. wasn't
1: just on the on the surface like Stone Cold and the Rock did. It was more from an in-depth locker room and, yeah. and overall business aspect. Was those two for
0: as much as Shawn Michaels was a complete dickhead in the locker room, and I bet you Takers like told him straight. But those those two guys, well, I worked. think
1: he said they for a long time those two didn't really get along. No, much. they really didn't. I, again, I think they talked about that. It was, was more towards
0: about... it was more towards the end, right? And for those two guys, you, you're you're two, I would say old reliables. Yeah, the, cra- uh, yeah, the crafty. That's a good way. The crafty veterans. Old, reliable. Old, reliable to come in and have those two matches as well as they did. And to tell the story as well as they did. Yeah. And for for Shawn Michaels to lose the way that he lost was the right way for him to go out. Him giving the rest in peace sign and the Undertaker for the first time. Him doing a jumping in the air tombstone, which I never saw before from him. Like, he got like a foot off the ground. Like... That was special. Yeah. And then it was special to see the next two years at twenty seven and twenty eight to keep that story going. Right. Michaels comes
1: back as a guest referee. Yeah. Right. But
0: for Triple H to come in and the WrestleMania twenty seven match, Undertaker got billed to be the return of the Undertaker. He comes out before he speaks, it's time to play the game. Mm-hmm. Triple H comes out. No words are said. Nothing. It's just the stare down. Just the stare down. And the Triple H if does...
1: done well, oh, the stare-down's all you need. The
0: stare-down and the, the WrestleMania down, sign. The
1: stare d- and, the, and the point. Yeah. Is that the, when we started to uh, point?
0: It was more of a glance, not a point. Oh, kind of like a... The point was the Warrior Rumble thing. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The point was the Warrior Rumble. But for, for, for two guys to tell a story, not say a word, and just look at the WrestleMania sign, you knew it was going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. And it was a good match. I mean, WrestleMania 27 didn't have many good matches. Uh, the they had the main event which was a setup for next year uh for the Rock and Cena but you had Triple H and Undertaker have a great match and again like the 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 storytelling and not just that but just like I remember I remember how well they filmed that match live because like I remember the way that it happened where Undertaker choked him out to win but like the, yeah, with chamber, the hell's Gate Yeah, the Hell's Gate. And okay, let's just talk about that real quick. Again, Undertaker had three finishers. Four yeah. fi- four, four finishers. Four. Chokeslam, mm-hmm. Last Ride, Tombstone, Tombstone, Hell's Gate. Hell's again, which ha- <laughs> those
1: two were introduced later. Yes, you have Hell's Gate later, which yeah. is when he went off on his like fourth little resurgence, <laughs> and then you had Last Ride, which was great because it it that was a hell of a power bomb. Oh yeah, because it coincided with the American badass yeah. character. And again, dude, who does that? that again, awesome. how many characters? It's so attention to detail oriented. How many? Screen.
0: How many characters have more than one finisher? AJ Styles, yes,
1: yeah. So Styles Clash in <laughs> the phenomenal forearm. You have so, I think finishers are based off of the people that you work with. Yeah. You have to have more than one because you can't put a big guy down with uh, a Styles Clash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? God, God forbid you you seen the video. The guy didn't tuck his head; he broke his neck. Yeah. Um. So that's why you got the forearm off the rope. Yeah. You know, with the Undertaker, he. I mean, Undertaker. He's big enough. Shit, yeah. I, I mean, Undertaker up, can't
0: tombstone Yoko. He never did. No, no, he never did. See, that was smart because they put Yoko in a match with him where he didn't need to pin him to beat him. Correct. Because so again, he's it, playing to the strengths of both wrestlers. It's the it, better tell a story,
1: right? And it it wasn't um, it wasn't uh real. If yeah. he did, you're like, I can't do that. Yeah, like all right.
0: If you look back at the Undertaker's move set, but he did slam him. Yeah, I hate the fact that they call it old school. Okay, he talked about how that came up. Too. Yeah.
1: Like You said that, it was like Tommy Dreamer or somebody who yelled old school. Yeah, him walking on the ropes.
0: Yeah. Uh Snake Eyes, which was kind of invented more towards the second half of the Undertaker's Dead Man career. Yeah. Um uh, that's a great move. The right into the right top to the rope. buckle and then yep. a flying boot. Like you had Snake Eyes, you had old school, you had all these different moves that Undertaker made famous. Just with different names, vintage under vintage.
1: I see. I can't <laughs> fucking. Oh my like god! A,
0: any any match that the Undertaker had, it was obviously called. You know by what we need Jim to do, Jim Ross, the right way.
1: Yeah, we we need fuck to... Michael Cole. I hate you. <laughs> we need to have a wall of people that Tom doesn't like Just with a si- dartboard, similar to how Bray Wyatt has like um, posters of people that like you know. Yeah, like pictures with, with the, the path. ass. Yeah, you need to right have here. That. <laughs> Although it's okay in character, just don't let people on the outside see that because be oh, seen as a hit list.
0: Yeah, I don't want to have a hit list. I don't want people in Howell, New Jersey, thinking that I'm a, like a serial killer with a hit list.
1: Right for, for wrestling guys, <laughs> for a hard wrestling on for guys. wrestling dudes. <laughs> I like, I like, I like. Don't start hanging up old sweaty singlets of guys. Oh that my you've god.
0: Taken down. Still real to me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, the few, Triple H. Sweaty single? No, it's, uh, we're talking about... Uh, all right, well, we can talk about, about WrestleMania 28, which is, really, which is really special because the match placement, it was placed in the middle of WrestleMania because that was an hour-long thing. That took up a lot of WrestleMania. Yeah. Right? Again, WrestleMania 28. What do you know? WrestleMania 29. What are you known for? Roxena. Sheamus winning in 17 seconds. Yep, to open. And that to open, open yep. and end of an era. Right, so you're playing yeah. to the End un- You're playing to the Undertaker's strength, which is the Hell in a Cell, and you set it up perfectly with Shawn Michaels coming in. Undertaker is the one responsible for retiring Shawn Michaels. Right. Shawn Michaels and is responsible for Triple H being the character who he is. Yep with the with the birth of tri- uh, DX, and then tri- Triple H runs in. He goes with his career and the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. So that's that that match was called perfectly. Whoever called it kudos to you right it was violent right I, re- I just remember the welts on the Undertaker's back I remember the vignettes before it started about there was one where like
1: he got the sledgehammer involved in that yeah
0: right? like the dead man was coming but like all of a sudden like you saw him like shave his head which is a whole new Undertaker so we had a, it was a Mohawk Undertaker you had um, the, the sledgehammers you had the chair shots you had old school moves you had the referee Shawn Michaels getting into it like that's that's just great storytelling. Like like we always say what makes a match good. What makes a match good is storytelling. And this was a perfect example of That,
1: that. match you knew was gonna be good because of the years that had come before it. Yeah. The, 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 the three years before, per, man.
0: You know what I mean? And like this is the time when the Undertaker's not wrestling full time. No. He's doing Now these,
1: he's become a spectacle for, for WrestleMania, WrestleMania season. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like he's doing these one offs, but like these one offs are Generating the greatest matches of Of the time Mm -hmm. And at this time Was it seven Six years ago Seven years ago Undertaker's 56 He's 49 years old doing this 49 years old Right And You know I mean again The match at CM Punk in 29 Was the best match of the night Mm -hmm. Right So now So now we're at a point WrestleMania 30 Okay The streak ends I was sad I you so I was watching it here yeah. on I was watching it here I streamed it from the computer because I was when the network first debuted. Yes, and, I, and
1: that's well, I, I watched it on my bed streaming it. I actually didn't have the network because I didn't know about it until just a month or so after I found some feed. Yeah, um, and I watched it. I was in my room. I knew my wife at the time. I had just got back into it, um, because of of We were working together at Seabrook. Uh, oh no, this, this was, is no, before no, no. This, this is was before. right before I started in July. Yeah. This happened in March. Yeah. Um so I, I had just watched it and I was like, holy shit. And my wife's like, what happened? I said the Undertaker lost. And she was like, what? Was, and then I had to explain to her whatever. And then from there on I, I started watching religiously like every day. Um but like that resonates with me because I just got back into it and then this shit happened. I'm like what the hell is this? Yeah, and I didn't. Nobody thought Brock was worthy. I mean, to this
0: no. day, it's I mean, very debatable. Here's the thing. Here's a couple of things that set I'm and up and did it.
1: it need to end. Now, knowing what we do now, years after the fact, six years later, you're like, you know what? Yeah, it, it had to go. It had it to had stop. To it what had should have been a, against Brock today makes more sense than it did at the time because yes. of how Brock's presence is. And you, How really exactly. good Brock Rem- Lesnar
0: is. Remember, six years later. This is six years. Six ago. years ago. Like,
1: and and would people remember it? Yeah, they do.
0: Paul Heyman still says the one in twenty-one and one. Yep, he doesn't say the one in twenty-three a, and two.
1: No, it's a talking point.
2: It is. It's a talking. And
0: like the shirt. Remember the shirt they came out with before? Mm-hmm. Eat, sleep, conquer, conquer or this. break the streak. Yeah. So like right there was a was a was it was, was a sign. It was a tell.
1: And right. They ain't going to make a shirt that
2: close. Yeah. And
0: under Undertaker, I felt so bad he had a concussion. He doesn't know. He doesn't when. remember what happened. And he said it took him so long to watch it. He had to sit in the dark for a week because the lights were that bad oh, shit. In, in the hospital.
1: He didn't. She, he didn't know his name for he a while. Made
0: Vince McMahon left WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about a character? That's like God. Like Vince McMahon leaves yeah. WrestleMania. His baby. Vince McMahon he leaves his baby. his baby 30 years ago that he that he created. Not to mention the fact that you had a triple threat match with Randy Orton Batista. Oh, man. And and the hottest thing in wrestling, Daniel Bryan at the time. Yeah. You leave that. You let Triple H or Michael Hayes, whoever the hell, Bruce Prichard in the fucking time. and PSA. Michael PSA. You you leave to go to the hospital with with The Undertaker. A guy that wrestles once a year.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know more of a commitment from a guy than anybody else or more of a... Over legacy to have more than the Undertaker yeah, for that reason for sure honestly but like I I watched that match a couple times and I can't tell where he got a concussion he could have got a, I mean I know nothing about wrestling I I, right. I can't I
1: don't know anything about yeah. concussions yeah
0: I I can't tell you when he got it but when he got it like he doesn't remember it no and like the they played it off so well because from Paul Heyman's reaction again fuck you Michael Cole for for saying the streak is over okay yeah shut that up. was very like shut up the
1: streak. Is, is over. over Like There was a pause in the middle I, of it I would
0: have rather have a three count And nothing Silence Which they did Yeah Except scumbag Cole decides to talk But like from that guy's reaction in the crowd Which they play on
1: every, Which they play on He
0: has like his own shirt I think Which is cool
1: Yeah it's like a car- uh, caricature yeah. yeah
0: Like that was perfectly done by the WWE and, and not playing any music Even after Lesnar's out of the ring And Undertaker's there And he couldn't get up Mm-mm. He was completely knocked out, and he passed out behind the curtain behind mm-hmm. Gorilla. It's sad. Yeah, it's and and that that's it. Yeah, that's when you see. That I think to me, that was the time where he knew, and he realized that my body isn't like what it once was.
1: Yeah. And he might be getting closer to hanging up the boots.
0: Yeah, and this is six years ago, and he—I mean, six years ago—he he comes back. Right, I mean, he come, that, that he comes starts a feud with training. Brock for a couple. Yeah, he he has a few matches with Brock. Summer at, Slam, at SummerSlam, Hell in a Cell, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they went they went on for like three more. He beat him it was like a rubber match. He beat him with a low blow. Yeah,
0: he beat him at SummerSlam. One
1: he he didn't Undertaker tap before yeah did and something it was weird yeah, it was yeah
0: like one match they pulled the ring up that was a hell in a cell yep yep yeah so that that was a good that was a good feud with brock but i mean when i think of undertaker feuds i got to think of mick foley as the number one hmm. and like the debate league that i'm on um there was a question i saw like named his undertaker's three best feuds and one guy was like Shawn michaels brock lesnar i'm like what the fuck are you smoking what are you doing? Undertaker. Undertaker. You missed a lot before you, that. Yeah. Yeah. You missed a lot. Like you missed Mankind. You missed. He didn't mention Kane, but like Undertaker was responsible for Mankind having the career that Mankind had at the time. Right. Right. Coming up as Mick Foley, there was a lot of momentum. But the fact that you had three or four matches that you, cre- that you created by yourself with Mankind that had these classic matches that it will go down as some of the greatest
1: in, in wrestling history. Of course. Right. That's for a reason. Yeah. Right. So like some of the most memorable th- uh mem- memorable things mean, T-shirts they they play it all the time yeah. it's a part of every clip for every sort of reason why you're showing a clip top top of this oh my god moments of whatever it's like come on
0: mm-hmm. Now like after after 30 he's 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 fucked up like he's banged that he, he he has a he has a one off with with Bray Wyatt right and where we, we we were there we, were, we, were we there. saw the casket on fire yeah, at Raw at,
1: at Raw in North yeah. and
0: like was it was it that time for Bray Wyatt coming I thought off? he was coming out but no he no didn't. he didn't yeah. again I would have had a fucking boner but um
1: <laughs> everything just went from six to minute. <laughs>
0: but like um yeah WrestleMania thirty one with Bray see I I so this I, is I, this is Bray. Bray's peak was when he faced Cena at thirty. That was the peak of Bray Wyatt, in my opinion. This is this well,
1: is we, we also touched upon that this year at um, WrestleMania with a um, with that match that yeah like, cinematic yeah match. so
0: so like this is this is like this is a level minded Bray Wyatt and an Undertaker. Like it was great to see him again, but I don't I didn't think he needed that match
1: against he, Bray Wyatt. He needs it now though. Yeah. So earlier we were talking about who. You know who we can see Undertaker with? Everybody, screw Sting. Shut I up! I don't want to see that. I don't want to see. Shit. I don't want to see. St- Fuck that! I don't want to see the Sting. Fiend versus Undertaker, and what I would love to see as a casket match. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, from I just went from six to midnight. Yeah, it's fantasy booking. Fantasy booking. Yeah. And that would be. That's how you go. Yeah. Listen. If, that's If, it. if, if what we've seen, um, I so. To go all the way back to the beginning. Do I think this is his last? I gotta be honest, probably not. Uh I think it is. You think so? Yeah. Mm. I think it
0: is. You can't go out with a bigger way that you did. You can't go out a bigger way. Who against who? You, you, King the Corbin. The Fiend. Roman Reigns. The Fiend. Come on. You can do
1: it with the Fiend. How
0: bad was that Roman Reigns Undertaker match? He was so out of it. He was, so, he was so stiff.
1: I, we all knew because I was here watching uh, it with you.
0: We knew. Year. We. I think that was so long. Mm-hmm. That was a long WrestleMania. Yes, And was. he was so stiff. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that was a send-off and him leaving the, his outfit in the ring and him going down the ramp. I thought that was it.
1: So that was the start of... Okay. So if that was it for The Undertaker, maybe um, this is the start of where everybody thought American Badass could make his yes. re-debut yes. somewhere.
0: And then, like... To think of Roman Reigns being the guy to retire the Undertaker, I mean, at that time I wouldn't be surprised because they made a vent in WrestleMania. Thirty
1: yeah. two was against Shane and Hell in a Cell, where Shane just came yeah. back, so that was cool.
0: That was a cool match. I mean, that was set up more it was cool. for One Shane against Undertaker, yeah.
1: because well, then we would see a series of Shane matches that were just so over the top. Yeah. But, let me just jump off of everything. So so Fantasy booking. We kind I run diving we, we into fantasy. Kind of, we kind of migrate yeah, toward so this, that so, slightly. Yeah. So yeah. So this is this. So is, with the Undertaker. Yeah. If if Roman was the one to claim his yard at that point, and we've seen that pageantry and how long there was a, a couple minutes before his theme played afterward, people were teary eyed, which they showed you in the video. Um, I I teared up. Oh yeah, me too. Absolutely. Um, there were. That's the time where okay, that character is done, and so that was thirty three. Next year is the one I go to in in New that, Orleans. That was... That's where Badass should have came out. You came back to New Orleans three years, uh, four years after you lost mm-hmm. your streak. Why not come back as another character and read, say, re debut for lack of a better term, debut again. In the place that you lost, and everything went down as something else. Well, that's fantasy.
0: That's fantasy booking one on one. But how hard is that to think of that though? And you know what? I bet you. I bet. I'll tell you right Dude, now. The I pop, bet you. We talked
1: about the pop that oh, he put out last year. Yeah. New Orleans was a rocking place. I'm gonna tell anybody. If you if you go to New Orleans, or if you have a chance to go to New Orleans, if they bring it back again, which um, they're likely to. To go back to New yeah. Orleans for After WrestleMania, yeah. spend the money, go to New Orleans, stay for the weekend, stay for the whole, you know, whatever, see the town, everything. But I don't think there was a louder place than that because it's a dome. Everything helps. Yeah. The sound carries. But um, God, it it was electric. It was electric. In uh, that and
0: place. if he came out with the Harley.
1: Oh, <sighs> forget about it. People would have been fighting in the street.
0: Absolutely. No, that I mean, I bet you I bet you a lot of other fans thought of that too. But like when we say fantasy booking 101, that's just a reference to where who like what wrestlers of all time compare to now. So like we talk we're, this whole episode's about the Undertaker and it's going to stay about the Undertaker. So like in his 30-year career, we can break down like what wrestler today will go against the Undertaker in 30 years ago.
2: Oh, oh, I
0: don't know. <laughs> you know, that 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 just tells you how well-evolved his character is. And how well evolved he made that character. Yeah. He is the Undertaker. Like, you don't think of any... You don't think of Mark Halloway. Wow, there's the Undertaker. Like, He'll, he will forever it's not, be. It's not, hey, Mark. It's, oh, hey, Taker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, so so for for me to fantasy book about who would do well against Tim Taker 30 years ago... I can't even bring The Undertaker in a comment Like you, like we talked about this You said AJ Styles And Macho Man Would be a good one Right
1: That I think you would have A recreation of Wrestlemania 3 If you had that
0: Absolutely Steamboat Classic Steamboat And Styles Same wrestler
1: Yeah Yeah Yep Like Just different decades apart
0: Yeah Like if you think about it Like Stone Cold in his prime Against Hulk Hogan In his prime Granted They're both two Shitty wrestlers <laughs> Granted, they're more over with the crowd than anybody else. Yeah. Right? The Rock in his prime against who from today. Well,
1: I would like to see it against Roman, but I mean that's beside <laughs> the point.
0: Samoan bloodlines.
1: I mean, there's a there because there's yeah. a story to be told there in a sense, you know? See,
0: that's see, it's so hard to actually full out like to describe a full card because wrestling has changed so much and with the fact that wrestling has changed... And so that's ha- why I'm okay. If, so like, has The Undertaker.
1: Huh? Oh, and, and yeah. so has The Undertaker. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And it's so hard to just pit people against... From other things. Because guess what? One, we can't. You're never going to. Yeah. On and paper, sure. It, on paper. In a video game, yeah. It, yeah, and that's the only time. In a but, video game. Right. <laughs> in a video game. So, like,
0: fantasy booking should be fantasy video game playing 101. Like, yeah. who do you want to see right. against each other? And, like, for Taker to go out... The way he did in his last ride. I mean, like he did have that one match at Extreme Rules with Roman, but like,
1: yeah, this was uh, about this time last year. And he year. looked really good. And he said it. He looked. He felt good. He looked good. He wrestled well. Yeah, because Goldberg, a month before it, fucked it up. Fuck you, Goldberg. <laughs>
0: Fuck <laughs> you, Goldberg. Like you've ended people's I'm, careers. I don't. Today. I don't. I don't find us talking about the Undertaker's legacy like we did. To even talk about the Saudi Arabia matches with, with uh, the brothers of destruction, to, and DX. To me, they botch didn't even city one hundred and one. Oh my god!
1: And, yeah, and against Kane's against mask T-S-
0: fell t- off. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> uh, Shawn he, Michaels missed a moonsault oh god, by he like three killed himself.
1: feet. Um, like, Triple H gets hurt, he tore, tore his back again. again, again,
0: again, and just the match with Goldberg was, and I felt so. So bad that was the Super Taker. Show. That was in Australia. I felt so bad for Taker. Because he knew it was a bad match. Mm-hmm. You can tell. Because the st- last
1: time he was in Saudi was against Rusev. Yeah. And you can a casket match. A casket match.
0: You can tell that, that was his reaction just told the whole story. Oh, yeah, man.
1: Just told the whole story of um D- disappointment. Yeah. You know, just I went all the way there, trained all this time. Yeah. Because it takes him a long time to get going now. It's mm-hmm. like this train that's eventually going to come. Just taking forever to get there. So and to to that that was the end result.
0: Yeah. So we talked about his first match. We might as well talk about his last match, right? Yep. The boneyard match, in my opinion, was the perfect setting for to tell a story of his last match. From from the entrance of the uh Hearse with the casket. Yeah. I and mean AJ <laughs> AJ Styles coming out of the casket was great. Whoever's idea that was, and I think Triple H was there, Michael Hayes was there. And I think Taker had a lot to do with it, but like that was telling the Undertaker's career in that whole match. Everything, yeah. If you
1: if you watch it back, um, there's
0: so there's many so many little, little hidden points. Easter yeah. eggs yep. about that match, like him coming into Metallica on the Harley. That's American Badass. Mm-hmm. The casket with the hearse. That's homage. Undertaker being in a H- casket. H- H- homage, paying homage. Oh, paying homage. Yeah. Okay. What do you think I said? You said homage,
1: undertaking. You
0: oh. vintage. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember last week I said I don't want to fucking say the word vintage anymore. <laughs> Fuck you, Michael Cole. Um. See if, if this if this episode wasn't called Tales from the Funeral Parlor, it'd be called oh, Fuck You, Michael Cole. You. And that's um, the last
1: time we'll ever think about getting sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I hate you. Um. Tom's hate wall. Tom's hate wall. <laughs> that's rough. Um. No, but. AJ Styles being in the casket was a was a resemblance yeah. of the casket match, and that was so cool. Yeah, and um, like the Druids and like the the walls fall down, and like did you ever see the picture they put up on WWE Instagram of the Druid that was wearing Nike sneakers? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how'd you let that one go, Vince? You know what I mean? You but, could have um, just
1: like cut him out and post and like, so <laughs> spray painted a black. Like, you know so the
0: backdrop for that match was also when uh, when Jeff Hardy ran over Elias. Mm-hmm. They showed a frame by frame, and when Undertaker's sitting up against the tree giving the finger, that's in the backyard, right? Then that was they they showed the same tree because there was like the fence behind it of where Jeff Hardy got in trouble when he got pulled from that house. Um, like, when next to the Performance Center, they had, like, that area. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's where that was. Oh. So, I didn't know that cause until I saw because the picture of Undertaker... First of all, the fact that Undertaker gave him the middle finger, that was so cool. Yeah. And um, he legitimately cut himself on that yeah, too. Yeah, on, on the glass. Yeah. And he played it off so well.
1: It actually helped. Helped, yeah. the, helped the
0: match. <laughs> I like how the running joke is Undertaker killed... Uh, Gallows and Anderson. <laughs> yeah, cuz after because, that
1: they got released like 3 weeks later.
0: Yeah, because he did. And uh you know He killed Gallows. He did. He he,
1: he literally buried them. He tombstoned
0: <laughs> them and you know there was just so many good spots and just they told the story so well. Didn't the, he
1: throw them off that little yeah, roof, right? Yeah, like the yeah, roof
0: yeah. and uh into obscurity. Yeah, but like for Undertaker ticket to go out in a cinematic match, it made so much sense because that was probably the only way for him to fully develop the character from 30 years ago to now mm. because of the shape that he was in. Yeah. I mean, he's hobbling around, you know, but like now, yeah, on two bad knees, two bad knees, Too bad, bad hips. He cut himself in the match, so like and then like the 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 most infamous part from that match is when um AJS has is sitting in the 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 tractor the strategic the strategically placed tractor and, he, and
1: he's because it, it's a meme now yeah it's a meme where uh, and then Undertaker appears over his shoulder after everybody yeah. he thought he buried him it's like I saw where he one, dropped him in the in the uh, I, I thing I saw
0: yeah. a meme it's like um, turning my air conditioner on in the summer was AJ Styles and behind Undertaker was like electric. my electric bill <laughs> it's so true though. it's so true though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. No, but like that That image was great because like the lights came on and the smoke, and you see Taker standing behind him. And then Taker goes in and he dumps the dirt on Styles and then he wipes his hand on the grave. Mm -hmm. And And you knew it was there. You knew it was there the whole
1: time because it was just set up with the (laughs) camera the way it was. It was so good. It was so good.
0: And and AJ's hand sticking out like his did in Buried Alive in your house. And then him riding off to the sunset, dusting off his bandana and him riding off to the sunset. Yeah. That's the perfect way for the I, greatest. You know
1: what? I guess when you put it into perspective, like that was a great summation of, of the match right yeah. there of all those little points. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess when you put it that way, it, it was a good way that's, to do it. That's the because, shit. Yeah. You know what? So, you know, normally in wrestling lore, the the way you go out is on your back. Yeah. In this case, he didn't Flair, have
0: to. Michaels. And you
1: know what? I'll tell you what the first time, but yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what. For Undertaker, that's more suiting. It is. Because he deserves it. He deserves it. Exactly.
0: Thank you. The dead man will never die. Oh. And um And I think on that note. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, for him to write out was was something that 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 we'll always remember. And just like this podcast, we really appreciate you listening to this podcast about The Undertaker. Um check us out on on Instagram and give us your thoughts on the undertaker in the comments yeah, on uh, and Facebook and on Instagram. Facebook. Uh, bef- before, before we end, I just want to say that I've been a wrestling fan for 30 years and, um, it was an honor to watch my favorite wrestler wrestle. Mm. Um, he really means a lot to me. I have him tattooed on my arm for a reason mm-hmm. and, um uh, I'm getting goosebumps just right now talking. About yeah, I can him. hear it. Um, uh, it, Wrestling was a, is, and still will always be a big part of my life, and um, it was an honor to watch the greatest of all time do it. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, on that note, Undertaker, thank you for everything you did. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making us smile, making us laugh, making us cry at sometimes, and there will never be another one like you. Yeah. So rest easy, Dead Man. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Take care. Thank you.